Oh, hello. I'm Sketch. And I'm Shades. And this is Geeking, Geeking Out with Shades and Sketch. Sketch. Welcome Sketch. back, long-time listeners. Oh, yeah. Welcome back. Thanks it's been a little while. us again. Every, every time you meet us, you meet us in a different corner of, of the geeking multiverse. We bring our GoCo around with us. This week, Shades, where are we set up? Sketch, this week, GoCo is set up inside of Castle Wyvern, high above the skyline of New York City in the Xanatos building. Uh, uh, an ancient Scottish castle, a medieval yes, Scottish castle. That is correct. Perched atop. Transported brick by brick. brick stone by, brick. by stone. Stone by st stone. Stone by, by stone. stone to, uh, you know, 1994 Manhattan skyline. Yeah. 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 If you thought uh, putting your name on a building was arrogant, putting a castle, putting a on, castle top of it. on it, like candles on a birthday cake. Hey, spare no expense. No expense. Uh, so if we are in Castle Wyvern in 1994 in New York, that must mean we are talking about Disney's Gargoyles. The animated series. Yes. Uh, do we have a do we have a theme song? We sketch? definitely have a theme song this week. Perfect. All right, so if we are, uh, if we're talking gargoyles, that means that we, wait, Chase. What? But put that what down. The, what? That's, that's a priceless artifact that probably hasn't been touched since it's... 1996. <laughs> You're what? a horrible just... archaeologist. Leave things alone. I take offense to that. I'm a wonderful archaeologist. What are you Look, unfurling? There's, there's a little, there's this inscription here. I'm uh -huh. just going to. Deslagrate muri tempi et internalia. Oh gosh, this was a bad idea. What? What is, oh. what is that? We have uh, opened a portal of some sort. The Phoenix Gate has worked. Yeah. And uh, with us is Zara Fossil. Hello. Welcome. This is insane. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for being our guest. Are we not going to talk about the magic that just happened? Well, it's the, it's the Phoenix Gate. That's amazing. Welcome, Welcome to New York. I have some well, time dust on my shoulders. Oh, I'll sorry about that. that off. Guys, 24 years later. I know, right? Craziness. Uh, so, Zara, we're so excited to have you on the show. Um, what a happy accident. Yes. Like, we pulled over just the right person. Oh, I'm so excited to be here and to talk about Gargoyles. I, the show was so important to me growing up, so it's a joy to talk about. Oh, fantastic. But before we get into uh, Gargoyles, oh. you've, you've been circling uh, some of the properties we've done on this show. Uh, for a while, we uh, talked to Defenders, uh -huh. which oh. I believe you are the voice of Matt Murdock's cell phone ring. Oh. <laughs> Is that true? On Daredevil. Oh, Daredevil. Yes. Okay. When um, Foggy calls him, yes, I'm the voice that you hear. Foggy, Foggy, Foggy. There it is. There it is. That's fantastic, <laughs> guys. We did not just pump in audio there. That, right. was, that was that was live and on the spot. <laughs> And uh, we also talked Netflix's Lost in Space, yes, of which did. you are the voice of the computer system. Yes, on that's all right. Jupiters. I voiced the Jupiter and the Resolute uh, spaceship consoles. Very cool. Wow. 
Yeah. So that's um, crazy. Yeah. So a happy accident that you're here, but uh, we are excited nonetheless. You can uh, hear Zara on season seven of Voltron. Your character Razavi. Yes. Um, fan favorite already. I know it's really cool to see the fan response to all the new characters that were introduced on this last season. It's just the amazing amount of fan art that's been created. It's just stunning. Yeah, it's uh, it's really great to see them bringing in characters late in the show and being yeah. so well received. Yes, because we've seen that happen yeah. on shows before, where it's like, Ugh. right. And this season of Ultron was like, okay, when's eight coming out? Right. Like, yeah, tomorrow. Hey, uh, Season eight? When is season eight coming out, Zara? Do you they haven't announced it officially, okay. but I'm feeling we'll get an official date after New York Comic Con. Okay. Oh, that's soon. Uh, that I've heard soon. rumblings online that it's going to be November. And uh, spoilers, will Rosave be uh, making a reappearance in season eight? Uh, no spoilers. Okay. But if, you're, if you liked Rosave in season seven, I think you'll be happy uh, okay. when season eight comes out. All right. <laughs> Excellent. I will take that. Excellent. Yeah. And uh, we, are, we are huge DC fanboys. Um, I don't know if you've listened to any of the show. I will assume that you are a longtime listener. I don't even think you need to listen to the show to know. I know. We're <laughs> such DC fanboys. We basically have billboards out there. We do have yeah. billboards. It's amazing. Um, and so we're very excited to hear that season three of Young Justice, titled Outsiders. Finally. Finally. Right around the bend. Of which um, I read an interview, um, not with you, but in, uh, an article in Newsweek in which we were, you are mentioned. I think the quote is that we will all be standing in line to meet you this time next year at Comic-Con. Oh my gosh. Um, that was... <laughs> so you yeah. read that article. I did read that article <laughs> because they basically uh, were reporting on what happened at the panel. Yes. And I, full tangent here, I had gone to the panel to support the show to support um, my fellow uh, actors and the creators. And I had no idea they were going to announce me at the panel. So when they announced that and Greg said those kind things, it was a total surprise. And it was really cool. It's like, okay, well, I agree. Uh, Here. Hello, public. I'm here. (laughs) That's awesome. So exciting. And you are voicing um, Halo. For those yes. not in the know, Halo is an original Outsiders member. Okay. Of the I'm team. not in the know. So you're so she was part right of now. the original team, uh-huh. but it yeah. seems that they have drastically changed um, Halo's backstory and origins and the character. In that awesome Young Justice way. Yes. Where um, they put their own twist and stamp on everything. Yes. Um, it's really cool. I'm excited um, for people to see it and to see this, this version of Halo. Yes, very exciting. Because uh, if I understand correctly, she was kind of DC's um, equivalent to Marvel's cloak and oh, dagger. From cloak and dagger. Uh, okay. I'm sorry, uh, dagger, not cloak. Okay. You know, they they have a very similar motif in the original versions mm-hmm. of the Halo character. Um, uh, different powers, but stylized similarly, and they yeah. have just drastically redeveloped the character. I love everything that Young Justice has done with their character choices. So I'm very excited for uh, the to receive. Halo in season three, and uh, maybe we can touch base with you after that comes out, and you're able to talk about it a little bit more. I'm probably most looking forward to season three of Young Justice as anything on DC's streaming service. You know what I mean? Me too. We've been waiting a long time. We have. That's awesome. Yeah. And it's been really cool 
to join um, a property that has such a huge fan following and not just a huge following, but it's truly beloved. And it was fan passion that directly led to it coming back. Oh, yeah. We wrote a lot of letters. <laughs> That's amazing. Personally. Yeah. The two of us. Yep. Yes. But we do in between episodes, really. <laughs> That's so great. Is uh, I write letters and Shades brushes up on Latin. Yes. You never know when, you never know when you're in. going to need it. Okay. That's fantastic. Thank you uh, for sharing what you can with uh, with Young Justice and Voltron. And I, I know listeners. we're eagerly, eagerly awaiting. Both. It's both. And yeah. I'm sure our longtime Me listeners three. are as well. <laughs> awesome. So, Gargoyles. So right off the bat, spoilers for Gargoyles, guys. If you haven't watched this 24-year-old show. We're going to spoil quite a bit. Yeah, get on. <laughs> what have you been waiting for? Um, October 1994. So this is, what, 24 years ago. Wow. Yeah. So this is the 24th anniversary. We're, we're so timely with Happy it. Anniversary, Happy anniversary, everybody. Happy anniversary, Um, Technically 1,025. 24. <laughs> yeah. Very quick. That's true. That's true. Uh, do we need to do a, a, a synopsis of Gargoyles? A general Catch. synopsis. Do you I have mean, a synopsis for us? On the spot. Okay. Um, this is a world in which gargoyles are mythical creatures that exist alongside man. Uh, they sleep during the day. They're stone statues during the day. And they come alive at night. Protect uh, humans that they have sworn loyalty to. And uh, we're following a clan of gargoyles that have been placed under a spell for a thousand years. And they've reawoken in, in uh, mod- well, 90s Manhattan. And uh, they have to adjust to the, the, the modern dangers and threats of, uh, of that world. Is that enough? Perfect. Okay. That was on the spot. It was. Yeah. That, that was, was amazing. Thank you. Well done. I recently watched all 70, how many? Episodes? 72 episodes. Um, Sorry, 78 episodes. Yeah, and, and I watched them Are all you including like three weeks. the Goliath Chronicle yes, as part of that? I okay. am. Yes, I am. Because you know those aren't technically canon. Yes. We've, we've since learned, and I am desperately trying to hunt down the SLG comics that continue the, the canon story. Yeah. But it's pretty difficult. Do have you, have oh. you ever read them? Do you have those? Are you. Do you I, I have. I, I think I have the first volume bound um, in a storage box in my sister's house in Brooklyn. <laughs> well, <laughs> but they're I have, really good. I have the second collection bound on on the way to me. So together we could read the complete story. Oh, there's only two? Yes! Yes. Okay, cool. All right. Future so episode. Future, future episode. Future meaning. Read the Gargoyles continuation. continuation. <laughs> did it end? Like, did the comic end it or did it leave it open-ended? I think it's open-ended okay. because there yeah. were plans for another comic book in 2015 that sadly was canceled, oh. but it was ongoing. Yeah, Disney took back the, the imaging rights in 2015, right? Mm. I think. Something like that. Mm. Yeah. And, uh, Jordan Peele recently pitched a live action. <gasps> That's right. I, I would that watch that. Do. I would watch the hell out of that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> with everything Disney's doing with mocap right now and uh, bringing their... their animations to life um zara what's your history with gargoyles oh my gosh so i'm going to date myself here i was in the gargoyles target demographic um i was 10 years old when the show came out just turned 10 and i um was a huge disney afternoon fan 
I love Darkwing Duck especially. And Gargoyles caught my eye because it was so dark in tone, different from the rest of the Disney afternoon. Absolutely. And I remember coming home from school one day and watching it. I think it was, ah, I remember the first episode I saw was uh, Long long Way Till Morning. Oh, yeah. It was the one where Elisa got shot. (gasps) Yep. Such a good episode. Hold on. Let me double check the title on that. Because, no, it's not the right title. Is it Shadow of the Gun? No, not the shape of water. That is incorrect. Was <laughs> the that internet the fails first? me? Was the new movie a re- reboot of a specific <laughs> gargoyles episode? <laughs> oh, that would explain so much. He the creature is a gargoyle who's lost yeah. his wings. Fun fact: I used to have all of these titles memorized, and wow. I would write them like in my notebook at school to calm down when I was feeling anxious. Wow, that's that is a coping technique that we need to bring back. Seriously, seriously, notebooks we need to bring back in schools. Yeah. Well, the first episode I saw was the one where Lisa gets shot. Yeah. In season one, and that's a uh, rough one to come in on. Right, and it was so different from anything I'd ever seen before. And um, from that moment on, I started watching. Shortly thereafter, they replayed the Awakening five parter. Uh, and then I was that. I was hooked. It was a bold opening to a afternoon children's cartoon to do a five-part opener, you know? Oh, yeah. yeah. Non-episodic, like, tune in every day to check this out. And just as an aside, uh, Zara, that, that episode's called Deadly Force. Deadly Force, yeah. of course. We were, we were, those are both titles in the series, but bo- we both had the title incorrect. Wah, wah. It's okay. It, yeah, opening on a five-part for a syndicated show yeah. after school with your target demographic because we were we were, we were also, also ten. 10. Yeah. I was I, I must have been <gasps> you were eleven. I was eleven. Mm-hmm. Um, but I remember running home after school daily to try and watch Gargoyles and oh, catch yes. it. And I yeah. would I would get in the door as the credits opening credits were finishing. I love that they had in season two, they extended the credits a little bit to give Goliath his monologue. And I would right. always turn it on. Um, you know, we live again yeah. and, yeah. and go right into it. So it was great in season two and they extended the credits a little bit because I didn't miss the episode. So you'd get home and you'd shove your mother out of the way. Oh, my goodness. She would say, how was, how was school today, little Oh, Chase? no. Mom, and you mom would pick me up. Mom would pick me up. Like, mom, we got to go home right now. Yeah. Like traffic lights. Were the, my enemy because then I'd miss the beginning of the episode. The uh, oh. the gargoyles have waited a thousand years. I can't make them wait. No, another ex- minute. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. No, I get it. I get it. No, I remember running home every day after school to watch to watch that and mm-hmm. try and catch it because it, you're absolutely right, Zara. There was nothing like it on television that was so dark and so um, had you know cartoons in general in that age didn't have a, a story arc. They were all episodic. and Right, the continuity. Yeah, like the way it built. Um, so I just remember instantly gravitating towards the storytelling devices and, and the way um, that it was inspired by kind of like Hill Street Blues of the recap mm. of the previous episode and, and yes. how everything was a, a continuation of it. Uh, Hill Street Blues, for those not in the know, long-time listeners, uh, like episodic cop drama type thing. 
um, that gave you the recap before um, they launched into this week's installment of the episode. Previously on yeah. Hill Street Blues. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, oh, that was fantastic. That was excellent. Like I was re- You re- didn't re-dairy. do that too, did you? No. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> um, sketch, what's your history with Gargoyles? I mean, I, this is another show that I started as it was out, 10 years old, just like you guys. I don't know about you guys. I never saw season three until I, uh, or not season three, the Goliath Chronicles, until I made myself recap the whole thing. Um, So I knew it existed, but for whatever reason, that one fell off my radar. But I adored Gargoyles, you know. Because I had also grown up with, uh, you know, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yes. And Mm. Batman, the animated series. And this one was like right in the middle. Yes. You know, it kind of had totally kind of had aspects of both and then aspects of something completely new as well. Right. Had the ensemble nature of the Ninja Turtles. Mm -hmm. It had the darkness of Batman and the narrative like arc storytelling that Batman, at least the first three seasons of Batman dabbled in. Yeah. Um, but like the ensemble and humor and, and personality of Ninja Turtles. Yeah. And you know, you bring up a really good point. I was a big uh, Ninja Turtles fan too. Yeah. And I also liked the show Biker Mice from Mars. Yes. Wow, <laughs> and there's a similar. I missed. I oh, yeah. Well, Biker Mice from Mars. Sim- yeah. There's a similar dynamic where you have the human protector against these non human or working with these non-human things that the rest of humanity might not quite understand. Yes. But they're there to protect. And so it's that same vibe. April O'Neil, Elisa yes. Maza. I think it was Charlie in Biker Yes, Meister that's what Mars. I was going to say. It was, I, I couldn't remember if it was Charlie or Harley, but now I remember their uh, female protagonist on Mars was named Harley and their human protector on Earth was named Charlie. <laughs> wow. Deep that's awesome. Dive. Deep dive. Did street sharks fit into this motif? Same era, but not as well developed. Well, yes, I'm not arguing that the that street was sharks. something we're going to geek out over. Did they have a female liaison? I don't remember the if the street sharks remember. had a female liaison. They were just into extreme sports. I didn't, they really were. <laughs> yeah. You know, like sharks. That's a common, gave... a common thing with sharks. It is. Yeah. It's, uh, I see that in Shark Week all the time yeah. now. Mm-hmm. This is not the street sharks or... Biker Mice episode, right. although that would be a fun one. Apparently, it's the Latin episode, <laughs> though, guys. <laughs> um, yeah, so I just... So all three of us have very fond childhood memories yes. of the show. How about yeah. going back now as as cultured adults re-watching it? You guys have any changes in opinion? No, it is it is as good, if not better, than I remember in many ways. Yeah. I don't think I appreciated the narrative, like the narrative storytelling and the arc of characters. Just to geek out on that for a little bit, um, is there going to be a random episode with King Arthur? Yes, there is. Is he going to have a narrative arc where he comes back and we see the rest of his story? Yes, it is. Mm -hmm. Is um, the are Margot and and James? I think from like the first three episodes, are we going to get their narrative history? Brendan, Brendan, thank you, Margot. Give him your wallet. Brendan. Yes. Uh, also voiced by Marina Sirtis in the first two uh, seasons. But it is uh, Margot becomes the district attorney in season three. Oh, right, it's like right, right, every right. character yeah. they introduce like that you think is just going to be a one-off disposable character mm-hmm. comes back and we learn their whole life story. Vinny 
Vinny, the guy Vinny. who's always oh, yeah. getting thwarted by the gargoyles, and then like in season three, he goes off to Japan and to like get his job and his life back. Together. Even the uh, the super small character of the New York Central Park jogger, yes, just kept yes. showing up again and yes. again. It was it was the Avatar Cabbage Man before <laughs> Avatar's Cabbage Man. So, uh, so Zara, is it is it as good as you remember? Did you revisit it at all? I think that it's impossible to look at a beloved childhood property objectively. (laughs) But yes, I think so. I think that, like you said, there's no waste. Everything introduced gets wrapped up and new questions are introduced. But like there's everything is used to full effect. Um, And the thematic storytelling of it, not to mention all the Shakespeare references. Yes. Um, the classic, you know, like you mentioned, King Arthur, um, Greek mythology, and then playing with modern tropes um, when it comes to Elisa Maza and the the whole cop stuff, the Illuminati. Like, yes. it just touches so many deep cultural veins. It really does. And mythos, those veins of mythos, uh, that it makes the whole thing feel bigger and expansive. Like, what Greg Wiseman is really good at is universe building making Mm. you feel Mm. like you're in a specific world and all the uh, corners of that world are colored in and fleshed out so yeah i think if if you haven't seen it and you're an adult totally watch it absolutely there's so much there um for the adult viewer too definitely when i rewatched it i was hesitant because there Long-time listeners, to, to pull the, the curtain aside for a second, sometimes Shades and I talk off mic. We are actually friends in real life. And, uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> and uh, we've talked about other things to bring back from our childhood, and we've started and gone, oh, no, this, oh, this yeah, will we can't not do be that. fun. This, this, is, this is bad. Yeah. So I was like, oh, God, I hope that's not the same with Gargoyles, because I remember this so fondly, and I was blown away. At how good it is, even by modern standards. Oh like, yeah, in it's terms of animation so and everything, than it's it had to be. It's beautiful. Yes, it it's so much better than it had to be. Exactly, because the contemporary show at this time is Darkwing Duck, mm-hmm. and we were we were when we were talking about doing this. I have such fond memories of Darkwing Duck yeah. and Gargoyles, yeah, and so we went dangerous. back and exactly yeah. right, and we went back and watched a couple episodes. When we first started talking about doing this, mm-hmm. I think last year. Yeah, probably. Oh, wow. And Darkwing Duck did not stand the test of time. It was... What? Oh, yeah. Oh, sorry. Spoilers for those of you who love Darkwing Duck. Oh, gosh. We did Don't, not spoiler alert We did not Duck spoiler alert Darkwing Duck. the test of time. My favorite episode of Darkwing Duck, I have such like memories of it being so dark and gritty, is Goslin um, goes into the future. Mm-hmm. Oh, Yes. And we see Dark Warrior Duck. Mm -hmm. Dark Warrior Duck, yeah. Time and and punishment. Wow. Wow. Crime and punishment. No, time and punishment. Time and punishment. (laughs) Wow. Very quick. This is amazing. We were talking to a real geek here, Sketch. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I remember being so dark and Launchpad's old and he has patches and he's still in the tower. I'm like, oh, so dark. It's like it was their Dark Knight Returns episode. Mm -hmm. And then I went back and watched Mm -hmm. it and I was like, oh, no. Wow. Oh, no. I haven't. I didn't forever. rewatch anything because no. of your guttural reaction to it. Yeah. And I was like, I think I want to leave it pristine in my yeah. memory. Yeah. I would I'm recommend. I'm going to respectfully 
disagree. Ooh, nice. Oh, okay. I, like I, I totally take your point. Okay. I ran a fairly successful Darkwing Duck website, like wow. in early 2000s. Okay. <laughs> so I did um, a rewatch of the show in my early 20s. And I know a little bit of time has passed since then, but I felt as an adult, it didn't necessarily hold up all the time to like adult standards of viewing, but I still appreciated the heart and the storytelling oh, oh, yeah. yes. and the writing of certain episodes. The jokes were so quick. Yes. Um, and I just love that relationship between Darkwing and Goslin. Yes. And Time and Punishment is an episode where that is really explored. Um, so I don't know. It doesn't, the datedness of it doesn't bother me as much. And I, that's my two cents. Oh, I, I would agree with you uh, on those both those points. I think as a, a young child, um, I I really like resonated with his costume and like the darker version of of Darkwing. And that aspect didn't like Darkwing was never as dark in that episode as I perceived him to be as a child. Totally. And that's that's where it kind of fell down for me. Um, and I didn't re- rewatch a lot of it. I just remembered that episode very fondly and went back and watched that. But I'll 100% agree with you. The relationship between Darkwing and Goslin was, was yeah, very well constructed. All right. Well, now, well uh, now you've convinced me now I do have to. Okay. But, it was but this isn't the Darkwing Decker. It isn't. Episode. And that was only one season. And Gargoyles was 78 episodes. I mean, yeah. season two is the length of four season four ones? Four season ones, yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. I know that watching everything in the last three weeks, yeah. <laughs> Uh, but we're getting dangerously close to Rants and Rape. We should are. We, should we get specifically into... <laughs> we should. Should we do the all-important internet scores before we go there? Uh, we're, we're not allowed to talk until we hear the all-important okay. internet scores. All right, scores. so IMDb gives Gargoyles and their universe an 8.1. Okay. Rotten Tomatoes mm-hmm. critic score is an 88. Hmm. I think that's the highest score we've ever done on Rotten Tomatoes. At least for one of our series. For a series. It's a B+. Plus. Yeah. It is. That's high for the critics. Fan score, 92%. Yeah, there you go. Uh, Metacritic, a 9.0. Mm-hmm. Ah. 95% of Google users love Google Gargoyles. Users, man. They're so nice. All right, they Google are. use. They know. They got their finger on the pulse. Shades of Geeking Out with Shade and Sketch gives Gargoyles and its interconnected universe a 96. Very good. Ah. Very high. Very high. Sarah, you want to go first? Well, second, because Shades but, took sorry. first. Oh, man. Oh, man. I, uh, this is hard. It is. <laughs> it is. It is. The nostalgia part of me, like 100 out of 100. Yeah. Yes. But if I'm going to be purely objective, mm-hmm. which I, again, think is kind of impossible, I'm going to give it a 95. That's exactly that is, what I gave it. I gave go. it a 95. Because we're professionals. We are. You, know, you got to look my, at it objectively. My heart says 100. You know. <laughs> Absolutely. My stone heart. <laughs> I mean, this is as near perfect as you can get for an animated syndicated show. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. My, you know, you're Star Wars kid. Yeah. Right. I'm Ghostbusters Absolutely. kid. Absolutely. Yeah. When I go back and w- look at the real Ghostbusters, there are some amazing episodes of the real Ghostbusters. Zara was uh, Darkwing Duck 20 year old. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so quick. Thank you. This guy. Um, but. You know, I would I would not be able to give the real Ghostbusters or yeah. Extreme Ghostbusters, which which I think is a much better show mm-hmm. than real Ghostbusters. Still, wouldn't put it that high in terms of Gargoyles was so much better than it had to be. I I just mm. can't get past that. 
that's the key. It it didn't. It could have been successful in its time slot with much less effort. Right. But mm-hmm. they went above and beyond in almost every aspect of the show. Yes. You know? Strong agree. So should we get into rants and raves? Yeah, some specifics. Yes. Do Let's you do want it. to start with rants or raves? No, no. Let's start with raves. Raves. Because we're uh, already there, basically. Zara, as our, as our guest, yeah. would you like to start us off with your, your, some of your raves for... Your high points. What? what? Yes. Gargoyles? Certainly. Um, first of all, Elisa Maza, man. Yeah. I got her. Here we have Me too. a heroine who is, by the way, of mixed Native American and mm-hmm. African American yes. descent. I have that note. She's a detective. Mm-hmm. And she's, again, like we touched on earlier, she's the protector, the liaison between the gargoyles and humanity. Mm-hmm. She's their secret keeper. And they also develop this sort of beauty and the beast type relationship between her and Goliath. Very much so. Which, to me, as a young woman, was captivating. I, it was such a, a healthy relationship. It really was. <laughs> yes. To see, unvelop, to see develop and unfold over the course of those episodes. So I love Elisa. I was a huge fan. She informed my wardrobe choices in 1995. <laughs> it was nice. like all blue jeans, red jackets, and black undershirts. That Perfect. is amazing. Perfect. That's what Shades is wearing right now. It pretty much is. Yeah. Oh, amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, Elisa Maza, huge role model for me, too. I yeah. mean, still influencing my style choices. Yeah. <laughs> and, and She's what timeless. Yeah, timeless I liked beauty. about her and Goliath, too, is that. They were, they were so much on equal footing. Yes. You know? Yes. If, if one was having, you know, an episode or an arc where they were the vulnerable one, the other one was stepping up. Yes. Elisa does as much rescuing as she is rescued. And she's never the damsel in distress. She, yeah, I, I would even involves, say she's been rescued. Like, she's well, been assisted. Or, or, like, a wall collapses due to an explosion. Yeah, and, like, and she's falling and to she's her death. Falling to yeah. her death. Okay, that's right. Goliath can glide. Well, I'll take it. You say, you know, yeah. so, but, but it's never the damsel in distress. She needs rescuing. Mm-hmm. Right. She's out there on the front lines all the time. Yeah. Um, Do you and, guys remember when Hudson turned to stone in midair? Yes. And was falling? Oh, sorry. It was um, Broadway. Broadway, Broadway. yes. And then she shot the rugs out. Yeah. Save his life. To fall and catch yes. him. Yep. Amazing. Badass. Yes. So, so amazing. You know, she is, and it's not just that she's, you know, the detective. She's, she's capable. She's so capable. Um, and even when she's vulnerable, she's not weak. Yes. Which, oh, yeah. Do you remember there's one episode where it ends and she's crying because her brother has been oh, uh, yeah. recruited yeah, like, by David uh, Zanatos? Uh, oh, and yeah. She can't, and it, she can't change his mind. Yeah. Right. What and a tragic story that is. ends on her face in tears. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's not something we were getting from Ninja Turtles. At the time, you know, yeah. uh, April O'Neil was was n- neither a competent journalist or um, <laughs> or you know, yeah. like in terms of investigative no, journalism, yeah, she was fair. not a competent journalist, yeah. and you know, she never rescued the turtles. Mm-hmm. She was always the damsel getting herself mm-hmm. into trouble. She, you know, I guess she was the the not the uh, she was the Daphne of their universe. Yeah, sure. Mm. Um, she was always like falling for the trap of, of the cartoonish villain of the week. Yeah. Um, but 
but Alisa and Goliath kind of personify the whole dichotomy of the relationship oh, between yeah. gargoyles and humans because oh yeah they they needed each other yes. it was it was a symbiotic relationship the yes. gargoyles needed the humans to protect them just as much as gargoyles needed humans and it was just it was it was just such like a beautiful relationship that that like you said you watched it wasn't thrown in your face at the beginning like here are these two lovers they they love each other and right. we're going to have fun with that no it grew throughout. their i was going to say their friendship grew into, yeah. over the first season and evolved over the second season when they do the Avalon arc. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. Where they come back with that to then, you know, hey, like, we're, we're, this isn't going to work when they come back from Avalon. And Elisa isn't really in a lot, featured very strongly in a lot of those episodes. So then we close season two on um, Hunter's Moon. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, those three episodes. Ugh. Of so of like oh. not only <laughs> not only are we attracted to each other, not only does it, it like it doesn't work physically, it works on a lot of other levels, but like there's real love it, between those two characters on like an emotional level, physical level, and uh, maybe like spiritual, an intellectual or a spiritual level, romantic. Sure. Yeah. Yes, yeah. and it's it's so again for an after school syndicated television I show, know, didn't know. have to do it. No, they could have just given us Beauty and the Beast, which is. A horribly abusive relationship when you go back and watch that this is not mm. the beauty and the beast episode i understand um but yeah just what a great you know elisa maza and that whole character as it evolved so over... much depth and complexity yes yeah. again above and beyond they wrote her better than they needed to yes for, for what they were doing i you know i didn't think this at the time because i was a kid but now as a young woman of color that show and seeing representation was so important i mean she was one of the few heroines of color on screen and animation at that time mid 90s yes and you know now there's this push for diversity and representation and gargoyles was doing it 24 years ago right yeah we often talk about uh, in the properties that we've done on the show we often talk about like how we're trying, this is like new putting people of diversity and color in the protagonist position. And then, then we, every time we go back to a series, we're like, oh, this character, yeah. wait, 24 years ago, like, uh, you know, in the case of Gargoyles, yes, this was happening. And what happened in the last 24 years that it stopped happening? Yeah. Uh, a couple things come to mind. We try to keep it loose and relaxed on the show. So I won't go into those things, but it, it's, Thank it's you. kind of, you're Everything's welcome. on Yes. And like, if we think about it, if we go back into it, yes, it's new for the 21st century, but it was being done and being done well Mm. on uh, in places that it probably didn't need to be. Um, Sketch, you got a a rant, a rave for us? I will, as I am sketch, I will rave about the animation quality. So beautiful. Of this (sighs) show. I mean, again, above and beyond. They, uh, you rarely see instances of them reusing animations. You said that to me very early. Yeah. And then the only time I ever noticed them reusing something yeah. was in season three. Yeah. I started and, to see that. Uh, I mean, animation is hard work. And, and you understand why shows take some shortcuts to reuse right. stuff. Everything was freshly animated. Even though they're jumping off the building this week, they're jumping off it next week. But 
Right. We're still they could it. very easily use that. I, the <laughs> thing that came to mind is they could very easily use the same awakening sequence over and over and over and over. Mm. And it's different every time. They're in a different place <laughs> on the castle parapets or the clock tower. Or they make a different pose when they, when exactly. they freeze. Yeah. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And there was no reason that they had to do that. Yeah. And this was a hand animated show. It's very easy to see that this was not one of the computer animated offerings right. from that age. This was above and beyond. It really it was. And, and including in the animation, I'm, I'm putting in the, um, the background work. Right. Because mm -hmm. especially in season one, and then it, then it starts to fade a little bit, sure, but you had real life New York locations. Yes. Right. And this is a pre-internet era where you, you don't have to be that faithful. Right. You know, unless it's like right, the right, Statue right. of Liberty where everyone's going to recognize it. They go to the Met. They go to the Cloisters. They go to Cleopatra's mm. Needle. They're right. all very faithfully yes. put into that show. When they went back to the Cloisters, yeah. um, they, they did a very good job. And they didn't of, need to. They did not. They could have just done anything and yeah. said it was the Cloisters. How many people have ever been to the Cloisters in New York or... Remember it with such vivid detail. Right. Again, their target audience, 10-year-olds after school. Yes, exactly. 24 right. years later, I'm like, that's the cloisters, yeah. like faithfully represented. So uh, It was I'm like right a love letter you. to New York City. Yes. And, New York. You know, I was a little girl growing up in Indiana. I didn't get to New York till many, many years later. And I felt like I already knew the city in, yeah. thanks, in, in part to Gargoyles. Yeah, that's amazing. That is New York is as much a character as the Gargoyles or Elisa or, or yes. Matt. Mm -hmm. Matt. Especially Blue. in season one. Then, yes. then we travel a little more. But, yeah. but a lot of those locations were done really well, too. Yeah, and even uh, when they go back in time and they show some things that have happened, like Sterling Castle. A, yes. a big arc was in Sterling Castle in yep. Scotland. And I've, oh, yeah. I've been there and it looked like... I was just like going to say, I got back yeah. from France mm -hmm. and... Um, oh, Notre Dame. Notre Dame. Yeah was yeah. so well like when you get to Notre Dame I, I never had the appreciation for how big it actually is mm. um, and how much space it has on the island yeah uh, uh, Saint-Michel mm -hmm. um, and then you I, I went I saw it I was like oh wow this is exactly how it's portrayed in gargoyles right down to the buildings that surround it yeah yeah, I noticed that too because when you weren't looking at the cathedral and you were looking at characters and you saw their background, I was like, "That is that's, exactly that is, the that's buildings the, that are the there." That's the rookery yeah. and that's the the rectory and the and the small chapel behind it. It was so well done. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Wow, you know a lot about Notre Dame. <laughs> I I just got I got back from uh, Elise and I went uh, for a cousin's. Uh, wedding and on also our fifth oh anniversary was kind of our all sandwiched in there as well our fifth anniversary oh, trip so we spent awesome. quite a bit of time happy anniversary around. thank you so much yeah but this isn't the cousin wedding episode. it isn't you're right i'm sorry <laughs> just to wrap up my point just so faithfully done when you just didn't need to be and that's what bumps this up from like an an average everyday cartoon to something really special right i think it's your your rave. I think you're correct. Yeah. Um, the, the idea of clan or yeah. family. Sure. Um, particularly in our, our society uh, in, in the 21st century and uh, not just the United States, but globally, this idea of family mm -hmm. and the idea of family that you're born into versus family that you build. 
-hmm. Like there's mm. there's blood family and there's chosen family. And um, I th particularly at times, like you often hear people say, blood's thicker than water, which is actually a misquote of the Latin oh, as God. it's supposed to be. Oh, here we go again. No, I'm, I'm not going to do it. I'm just, but it's um, this idea that, like, that your blood family is like somehow more important than uh, or more special somehow than the family that you build over time. Right. This show really challenged that idea mm -hmm. um, where, you know, characters are introduced from their past who are maybe adversarial, but do become part of the larger clan mm -hmm. of the show mm -hmm. or, um, and met characters who were part of the clan are, are very much not family, even if they're the biological mother, mother or father of another character. Demona. De yeah. Oh, Demona. We're going to have to talk so about good. Demona. We are. Yeah, we have to. Um, but I just, such a, none of the gargoyles have names. They're just brother, daughter, mentor, friend. Goliath had a name. Well, but the humans gave him that name because he was so big. Mm -hmm. And then they walked away. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, but sorry. That's a... <laughs> <laughs> my daddy gave me a name. Wow. Deep cut. Everclear reference. Very nice. Yeah, you know. I was just listening to that on my uh, Throwback Thursdays playlist. I saw them this summer. Did you? Yeah. This is uh, not the summer concert episode. Oh, dang. Sorry. We record too many episodes. <laughs> we do. Yeah. Gargoyles just encompasses so much, it though. It does. It really does. But I, I, coming from a small family, just to wrap my point up, um, I've always, the, the idea of the family that you build, mm -hmm. um, I love that, seeing that played out yeah. um, in such a well, again, a better way than it needed to be done. Mm -hmm. And I think it offers a nice uh, commentary. Yeah, or else in the 21st yeah. century. Uh, Zara, I think we're back to you. Are we still on raves? We are oh, still yeah. on ra raves. Okay. This is going to be a long rave episode. I think I so. Think. <laughs> I don't have many rants. Actually. I'm going to cite another incredible female character from okay. this show, Demona. Absolutely what an interesting villain. Yes. Such a good villain. Strong I think agree. the City of Stone four-parter oh, at the start yeah. of season two yeah. is one of my absolute favorite stretches of episodes. You understand her reasoning, what happened to her all those years, mm -hmm. and you develop a real sympathy for her, Absolutely. though you may not agree with her methods. Yes. The music throughout the series is incredible, but in particular, in that City of Stone stretch, um, there was just some new music introduced that was phenomenal. And Demona and Macbeth, together oh, yes what a fascinating interplay of villains yeah the, those episodes with the two of them were as good if not better than episodes with specifically gargoyles in it, oh like yes the and Agreed. Uh, i i loved that whole dynamic of of demona Macbeth and the historical Macbeth john reese davies who voices yes. Macbeth. um kind of laid in, it was like, this is not the story. I know Macbeth. Like, I am a Shakespearean actor. I remember uh, reading this interview uh, a couple of years ago with him. The characters that he's enjoyed playing over the years, and Macbeth was one of them, mm -hmm. oh. because he kind of gave them a hard time when they first introduced the character, and then they were like, oh, no, well, we're good doing the historical Macbeth, like the actual Macbeth, not the Shakespeare so Macbeth. cool. Which then, for him, like, ignited this passion of of learning about the actual history of Macbeth. So yeah, just the way they wrote wove historical Macbeth into a children's television yeah. show and yeah. actually taught us real history. Yeah. Demona and Macbeth of how 
similar and their goals, a, uh, a gargoyle alone in the world, uh, a king surrounded by family and uh, mm. fealty, and then to have that flipped, a king now immortal, yeah. um, alone in the world, and uh, a gargoyle as, as she builds over the show, Demona, into um, right. Destine and builds her, was it Night? Nightstone, Nightstone Unlimited, Unlimited, her oh, yeah. corporation, yeah. Um, yeah, and all of her, ma- you know, they their stories. She kind of winds up where Macbeth started, and Macbeth kind of winds oh up gosh. where she started mm. by the end. I of never their considered arcs. that. Yeah, I didn't pick that up. Okay. I have Good to go you. watch Thank the you. show Good now immediately. <laughs> Bye, guys. Well, no, that's uh, totally. Thanks for, thanks for stopping by. That's the end of the episode. <laughs> the thing with both of them, which is so I, and. If longtime listeners haven't haven't watched the show, Demona was not frozen with the clan. No, uh, so right. she lived for a thousand years. Yes, uh, with this character from a thousand years ago, Macbeth, which uh, through sorcery they became linked. Yes, and uh, gave them immortality. They can only die by each other's hands. They can only kill each right. other. They feel each other's pain. Yes. Exactly when when they're within proximity, and so they've spent. A thousand years, basically, destroying each other, but unable to kill each other. Yes. And it just is this, you know, pretty, pretty deep and and kind of powerful display of vendetta and what it can do to you. Mm -hmm. And and regardless of how long your life is, look what it can do to your life. Yeah. And I love the idea of of Macbeth is the honorable fallen king. Mm -hmm who makes a devil's bargain and it, it, it turns him into a devil. Mm-hmm. And then Demona is like, even, even before the loss of the clan, she was a, kind of morally corrupt. She's mm-hmm. a little shady. Yeah. Yeah. Like she, she at one point we learned was she was the apprentice of the archmage. And even before Goliath was the leader of the clan, she was like, push, push unnamed at the time Hudson out of the way it's your time to lead she always wanted to lead the clan so it's like you you see these kind of flaws in both Macbeth and Demona's characters Mm -hmm. but it isn't until they meet each other that they're exploited yeah totally such good writing and at the same time with Demona you know at the time you think oh she's the villain but now looking at her you know what you just described she wanted to be in charge. It's because she had a fundamentally different uh, view of what it meant to have a relationship with humanity. Right. Yes. And in a way, she wasn't wrong. No, no, no. Yeah. Absolutely. Goliath was operating like we protect humanity no matter what, even right. if they abuse us. Oh, uh, yeah. Goliath and, was incredibly naive. Right. Right. And she, in a way, was much more of a pragmatist. I'm going to put our species first. The sur- our survival is important. Right. And who's to say she was really incorrect in that belief system? They just had two very different ideas of what gargoyles and humans should be in relation to each other. Right. And their methods. And their methods. And, I mean, and that's most, where we can say, oh, she's a villain. One of the most dangerous things about Demona to Goliath is that he always presents the fact that gargoyles protect as like core to their DNA. Like right. this is just... Rule one. Who we are. We cannot right. break this. And Demona demonstrates clearly, clearly not no, because yeah. we have Demona. And so just as right. existing, 
she's a danger to Goliath's claims. His philosophy. You know, and his leadership. Right. Yeah. His ideology. And yet he still, at, at least in the beginning, he still loves her. And he still... They were married. Yeah. 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 They have a child they together. Have a child. Angela. Oh. Guys, this show is so <laughs> well constructed. Yeah. Again, syndicated after school children's cartoon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So well constructed. I lost track of who's I think it's mine. Is. I think uh, it is I yours. think it's your, yeah. I will, I'll continue on in the vein of, of villains uh, because I wrote down all the villains, the main villains, and I'm going to include Xanatos in that because I <sighs> loved Xanatos as a villain. Do you guys disagree with me? I, no, I, I love, love him. Oh, okay, Xanatos. good. <laughs> uh, because he was, for starters, he, uh, Jonathan Frakes, that's his name, right? Yes. yes. Voiced him. Yep. Riker. Per- yes. Star Trek The Next Breaking Generation. Star Trek The Next Generation. Yes. Perfect for this. I mean, he knocked it out of the park. And Xanatos was this character who could really keep you on your toes. Like, you never knew exactly where he was coming from. You never knew if he was actually doing good because he was capable of doing good. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And he was just, he was a great foil for the, for the gargoyles because especially right when they decursed and, and came back to this life, everything was very black and white to them. You know, there's, there's our people who we protect and there are invaders and that's who we, who we defend against. And Xanatos, even though he swings wildly between the two, he does demonstrate this gray area a lot that they really had to come to terms with, you know? Yeah. And it's because of him they owe it to him. They do. For breaking that curse. Yeah. So there's that added complexity. Because the curse was uh, frozen in stone until the castle rises above the clouds. So, like, meant to be forever. Uh, but Xanatos re- takes the castle apart, brick by brick, and rebuilds it on the top of his skyscraper. You know, as one does. And uh, also does so... With the knowledge of, well, this is going to bring the gargoyles back. So they 100% owe their lives to Xanatos. Oh, absolutely. And it's a yeah. debt they have a hard time repaying. Because absolutely. it comes with a lot of strings. It really does. And um, what, one of the things that I always come back to with like, questioning his motivations uh, or his like, villainy, mm-hmm. it's like a, his villainy is like a corrupted or warped thought process Mm -hmm. his motivation and correct me if i'm wrong is like all around immortality he's obsessed with yes survival he wants to live forever yes for him it like the gargoyles are a a method to that they're Mm -hmm. they're a just a a means to an end Mm -hmm. at first Mm. he comes to see them as something more um once he has a child and like real immortality isn't me living forever it's my progeny yeah and he has a he has a complete 180 in season three. Yeah, um, he's a completely different character. Completely, I had a hard oh, time. Maybe with not him. completely different. He's but pretty he has, different. He has very different motivations in season three. Yeah. Well, I, I cringe whenever season three is mentioned <laughs> because it's not canon. It's not canon, guys. <laughs> Greg Wiseman was not in charge. He was only in charge of the first episode, the journey. Right. Um, and the rest of it has been retconned in the comics that Wiseman wrote. Afterward. Interesting. So take anything that happened in season three with a grain of salt. Yeah, absolutely. That's my PSA. All right. 
Thanks for coming to my TED Talk. (laughs) But you're right. No, Xanatos, even by the end of season two, he's flipped. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We think. Yeah. He grows as as a character as much as the gargoyles. gargoyles. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And I mean, he falls in love as well with Fox. With Fox, yeah. Fox. Talk about another fantastic character. Right? You almost expect it to be another means to an end. But by the end of season two, you realize, no, these two are actually in love. Yeah. In fact, like maybe they're the only two people on the planet who can actually survive each other. Yeah. Like, (laughs) no, like Xanatos and Fox would each like lead to the death of their their partner. Yeah. Unless it's the two of them. Mm -hmm. Totally. And I believe this is, you know, Xanatos loved her even before he knew of the special uh, origin of her. Yes. Yes. That was a shock to him. Yes. Yes. Did did uh did either of you pick up that Titania and and uh, her mother were the same were both Kate Mulgrew? Not at the time. Not at, yeah, no. not at the time. Yeah, that was that no. was such a twist. I didn't even recognize it when I rewatched it as an adult at no. first. I didn't put two and two together. It was a nice surprise the second time around too because yeah. I didn't remember that from being a child. Because her mother shows yeah. up for the first time in Australia, right? Yes, in that right. Avalon episode. Yes. Um. And you think it's kind of like for no reason other than we're meeting a lot of parents. Uh, uh, but that is, that's the trap because no one ever ever just randomly appears for an episode. Right. Um, I'm just trying to remember. There was something you said about Xanatos. (sighs) Deliciously dark, as Sketch would say. He is deliciously dark. And he's got Owen. And he has that ponytail. Owen. Owen. Oh my God. Owen. What a great character. There is a line I, uh, early. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, it's okay. Like, did you have something you wanted to add on Owen? I just don't know if we should spoiler. Oh Owen. yeah, we, in case there isn't anyone who it. hasn't seen the if show and wants to see it. Show, that's the most delicious spoiler. Loss. It really is. If, yeah. Okay, that's uh, plenty of time. That's plenty of time. If you haven't seen <laughs> Gargoyles in the last twenty-four years, if you care about years, the biggest spoiler possible, pause now. Find Gargoyles. Watch it. Come back. Before we give the spoiler, yeah. there's an episode where we first are introduced to the other. Yeah. Yes. In that episode, Demona says, you served the human, uh-huh. now you'll serve me. Serve me. Yeah. Did you pick up on that? Did either of you pick yes. up on that? As, like, not as at a the kid time. Watching it? No, okay, not at the time. Me I, t- I took it to mean humanity yeah. in general. Right, yeah. right, right, right. Yeah. Did you catch it as an adult I didn't... sketch? Okay. Oh, as an adult? Okay. Only in looking back. Okay. Only in looking back. Because the fun thing about rewatching as an adult, I forgot. I legitimately forgot about that. Oh, yeah, me too. Until Um, it happened again. I I was like, oh, shit, yes. So, um, Zara, do you want to do the honors of this spoiler? (sighs) Okay. So there's a fantastic episode called The Mirror. It's one of my favorites. It's a great episode. One of my all-time fave eps. Um, Where we first meet Puck. Demona summons him. And Puck is a child of Oberon, one of the children of Oberon, which is a whole different race of creatures we learn about that is kind of used in the Gargoyles universe to explain everything that isn't human or gargoyle. Uh, all all magic, yeah, basically. What was that? Ba- basically all magic. All magic. Is tied yes. to one of the children. Like they had Odin's eye and the Phoenix Gate, and these were all artifacts tied to one of o- uh, Oberon's children. Yes. Yes. And toward the end of the second season, 
it is revealed that Owen, Xanatos' beloved assistant, who has quietly been supporting him throughout the entire series. Lefty. Is actually, yes. (laughs) (laughs) He's Puck. Puck is him. Blew my mind. The whole time. The whole time. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. And uh, it's a different voice actor, uh, Brett Spiner. Brent Spiner. uh, Data. Data, yes. Voices Puck. I'm not sure who voices Owen, but they have a very similar voice. Jeff Bennett. Who also voices Brooklyn. Oh. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Okay. Both right-hand mans. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Okay, I didn't mean it. I'm not making light. Thank you. (laughs) What you're referencing is that episode, The Price, I think? Yes. Where Owen um, sticks his hand in a cauldron. (laughs) This is sounding so random out of context. (laughs) But Owen sticks his hand in a cauldron that is supposed to give the user immortality. But really what it does is turns the user to stone. Yes. So making them immortal. Ha ha. And uh, so for the rest of the series, Owen has his hand it's just stone. It's just stone. Yeah. But when he and turns into Puck. It your mind because stone. he's Puck. He could have undone that. That's what I thought. Okay. Right. Just to the bargain. Right. So I never understood. So it's almost like a Jekyll and Hyde thing, I guess. Like when Puck is Owen, he is not Puck. He is Owen. And when Owen is Puck, like the two cease to exist because couldn't Puck have just refer- reversed his stone hand? He wanted, he didn't want Xanatos to know what was but going on. Clearly, and I think part of him was in love with was Puck, a right? lifetime of service as Do a you human. Think, you think Xanatos knew all along? I think Xanatos had to know, oh. know he was Puck. No. No, I, I no? don't agree. I, yeah, I really think one huh. of the things that made Xanatos almost impressed with Puck is that he, tricked he him. pulled it off. Okay. Yeah. I, I honestly, that's the feeling I get. I, I really thought Xanatos was surprised, just like we oh, were. Oh, wait a second. I, I remember, though, wasn't Puck giving a monologue where he was like, I revealed myself to Xanatos at one point. Either choose one wish from me, Puck, yes, yes. or a lifetime of service from Owen. Yeah. And, and he, chose, he said he chose Owen. But he at that time, he didn't know. He still didn't know it was Puck. Puck gave him the opportunity to basically have Owen stay with him for life or to have uh, oh. Puck in that time. It's still presenting it as if it's two, two different, different people. people? Okay. And he chose oh, Owen. Okay, y'all, my mind Puck is blown. Was like, I did not get that till yes. just now. You know, like, uh, okay, Puck, I'm, Puck okay. was... 100% committed to Xanatos at that moment. I think you're correct, and I did not get that at the time. Yeah, just with Owen, I love when they uh, introduced um, Vo- Mr. Vogel, and uh, they actually address later in an episode that, you know, if Owen and Vogel are that brothers. Was very clever. Yeah. And then Puck, Puck slash Owen explained away how he made Owen right. Right. by taking a Vogel and taking him to an nth degree. Yes. Yeah. If yeah. Vogel had no ambitions or personal life, he would be Owen. Because that was the first time I saw something in the show where I was like, Ew. oh no, is this laziness? Yeah. Like we've we've right. gotten so far without laziness. Oh no. No. It's another no. twist. Is, is Puck going to have a narrative arc and go on his journey? <laughs> no. Yes, he is. Because every character does. Right. When I first saw Vogel, I was like, exactly the laziness. 
are they just reusing the character designs? Exactly. Which would be totally justified. Oh, yeah. so many I wouldn't characters. And totally that. fits in the animations of the time as well. Right. Yeah. Lots of shows do that yeah. and still do that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But so no. I, I would have forgiven no. them that. You know, we had to, we should have given Gargoyles the credit. We, <sighs> by then, we should have known. Shame yes. on us. <laughs> Shame on us for not knowing. The Hunter. Okay. Holy mother of all effing consequences. Yeah. Gil- Gilcomgain, right? Is his name? Yes. Oh my goodness. Sure. Okay. <laughs> uh, an elder Demona before she becomes immortal. Yeah. Scavenging for, an, I think after her second clan has been destroyed. Mm-hmm. Yes? I think so. I think so too. Yeah. Because it was before she was uh, immortal. Uh, yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. scrounging for food, just trying to, you know, at the end of her life, just so bitter and hate-filled. This little boy with, like, abusive father sends him out into the stable, slashes him across the face for no good reason. Uh, Demona does. The way yes. Shade said that Sorry. made it sound like the, the father. Oh, yeah, no. Abusive father. No, slashes you know, his kid. Yeah. Go out into the Very clean special the stable. episode. Yeah. Speak on gargoyles. Yeah. <laughs> You know, for no reason, you know, a child, mm-hmm. for yeah. no reason, just scars him for life. Every time you look in the mirror, which I don't know if they had mirrors, but like, you're going to remember yeah, my kind. Every time you see your, your reflection, you will think of my kind and what I could have done to you. Creates a blood feud yep. over the course of a thousand years. which Amelia. Uh, oh, oh my goodness. And like, um, uh, so like. Just the different people over the, the generations who wore the mask and like mm-hmm. looking yeah. at the evolution. And then with um, Hunter's Moon. Oh my God. Question like, that yes. I just thought of. Do you think this is where they got the idea for Assassin's Creed? Because it yes. felt Assassin's Creed. Yes, absolutely. A hundred percent, I think so. And that the mantle just kept passing, passing on from father and on. To son. And they were in Florence at some point. Yep. They were in Paris. And they were remember when they go back in time yes. and like they have like Da Vinci's glider. Yes, I did. Is that in Florence or was it Venice? That was in Florence. In Florence, yeah. I abs I hundred percent agree with you on that. Yeah. If that was your premise, yeah. Oh, the hunt! I I loved that whole. There's idea a new of sketchy the theory right there. There it is. Um, but there's also a comic book character, the Phantom, that is based around this idea. Of mantle being passed mm-hmm. from father to son is like, is this person immortal? I love that they borrowed mm-hmm. on it, but twisted it to make them like a villain. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's like, and, and the bigger message of hate, unless you take steps to heal it and address it, hate and pain and abuse will be passed on generation to generation forever. Absolutely. It just compound yes. on itself over and over. Absolutely. Also, um, the hunters introduced the trio of siblings yes. in Hunter's Moon. Mm-hmm. We're all friggin' hot. <laughs> oh, yeah. Can we talk about that for a I second? Mean, Vend- there was we, Jason we've known this. and Robin and John. Vendetta Jason was hot. gives you a great bod. It really I mean, does. say what you will, but <laughs> when it your does whole wonders. life is just motivated around revenge, <laughs> yes. and you gotta, you gotta have. It's your silver lining. You gotta have the physique mm-hmm. shredded mm-hmm. Yeah. with hate. Yep. Shredded with hate. Well, there we go. That's Put the that fourth on. season of Gargoyles. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's gonna, there's a meme right there, shredded with hate. I mean, I think we're all hitting on the fact that this show had great villains. It really did. Yeah. Just the villainy. That, and that was, 
part of my larger rant, but we talked about Xanatos and Demona and Macbeth. Yeah. The hunters. Oh my goodness. And th- those three siblings as well. And the message of Demona created the hunters with her mm-hmm. ideology and her hatred and Goliath and Elisa with, you know, their, their bond mm-hmm. and, and compassion were, was able to end the blood feud. Jonathan never gave up. He kind of flew off, right? The middle brother? Yeah. He, he never was came wavering as like, yeah, I don't well, think this is the right thing to do. And then he believes that. He gave in that, hatred. Yeah, because he believes his, his brother has died. Right. And By his did. hand. Yeah. And so, but then he quickly or, yeah, turns it into, oh, well, it's not my this. fault. It's, yeah. And, yeah. And so now he's still out there. Yeah. That has never ended. That, that has never uh, come to a conclusion. And he goes on to essentially form the equivalent of the clan, the Ku Klux Klan, against gargoyles. Wait, um, is he the leader really of the Quarian? Chilling sequence in the journey, the first episode of the Goliath Chronicles. Yeah, can you can you back that up for one second? Is he? He's the leader John of the Quarian. Yes. No. Oh yes. wait, they changed his voice. I never. Knew oh that. my goodness! I my never mind knew is, that. Whoa. That's meant to be him. Oh yeah. my oh, god. They changed his voice, right? In in season three? Uh, is it a different voice actor? I'm not sure. Let me look at that up. Holy crap. Boom! Oh my goodness, my mind is blown. How did I not How did wow. I not put that together? Wow. John Canmore became John Castaway. Yeah. Oh, oh Castaway. How did I oh, not? Oh my goodness. Not Conover, sorry. This is amazing. Wow. This is amazing. That is such great storytelling. Yeah. Holy right? moly. Wow. So he did get an end. He did get they an end. He didn't just go oh off. Oh my and... goodness. Wow. wow. And here's another fun fact. Did he come back? So you yes, had he did. Jason, Robin, and John yeah. of the, yes. the three hunters. Greg named two of them after his siblings, John oh. and Robin. Wow. Just a cute little yeah. piece of trivia. <laughs> that is. I'm reeling. Wow. I'm still reeling. From this revelation here. This is amazing. Holy moly. Yeah. So the hate still built and transformed into the next thing. Yeah. The cycle doesn't stop for him, for John. I'm just. Thank goodness you're on. Yeah, thank goodness the Phoenix Gate brought you over here. Expert is here. (laughs) You know, the Phoenix Gate brings you to the right place at the right time. It does. It does. The the Avalon Avalon boat. The Avalon boat. Sure. I have one more. Rave. Oh, please, yeah. Um, and this is a little bit more meta, but for me, what Gargoyles was so successful in doing was creating this huge group of committed, loving fans mm. to make this huge, amazing community, both online and off. The um, for several years, I think it started in 1999. Um, there would be a yearly convention called the Gathering of the gargoyles. Um, and this relationship between fan and the creators created this beautiful community. And I've made so many good friends from that community. So my final rave for the show has to be about the people it touched. That's amazing. That's really cool. That's um, right up there with uh, Firefly where they used to do the, the brown coat balls. Huh. Do they still mm-hmm. do the gathering of, of gargoyles? Sadly, no. Oh. I think the last one was in 2009. Oh, wow. I might be wrong. Um, but for several years, you know, they were able to keep it going, which is amazing. And it, of course, expanded. So it wasn't just about 
gargoyles, but it became more of a animation pop culture. That's a long gathering. time to keep running, considering the show went off the air in 1996. Right. Like another decade of of yearly gatherings. That's impressive. Yeah. That's really cool. I didn't know those uh, existed. I didn't know that community yeah. existed. Very cool. It's a it's amazing, and um, so many friendships had been formed as a result of that. Um, it's awesome. That's really fun cool. fact on the Gargoyles uh, season two DVD. Might be season one. There's a little featurette on the gathering. You can also see it online. I think it's on YouTube. But uh, fun fact, you'll see 19-year-old me that, talking about the show. That's <laughs> wonderful. Um, we'll, we'll put those, that, a link to that. Yeah, we'll find that. We'll, we'll find that and put that out there for you. You're probably easy to identify you have a Darkwing Duck shirt on. <laughs> <laughs> Touche. Well, um, I have one last rave. I know we're, we're just raving like crazy. Well, there's a lot to rave about. The, this is just a a generic throughout all the episodes rave is that uh, the voice work is like superb. Oh, oh my yeah. God. Throughout the whole thing. Yeah. And uh, we've said names a lot during this episode. Uh, and so many of them came from the Star Trek realm. As oh well. yeah. yeah. Yep. It, it shines as a show where it looks like the voice cast really enjoyed what they were doing. You know, they, they were yes. in this, yep. they were invested. Yes. In this. Totally. Um, just a, we have like this massive list of voice yep. actors uh, 14, who crossed over from Star 14 Trek. Fourteen Star Trek actors and actresses voiced in this, this show. But um, Matt Bluestone was Thomas Wilson, mm-hmm. who I know you don't know actors. I sketch. don't know actors. Yeah. Back to the Future. Back to the Future. Biff. Oh, Matt Bluestone was Biff. I hear it now. Yeah, you say that. And then um, Broadway, mm-hmm. Bill uh, Fagerbach. 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 Thank you. Okay. Um, uh, Bill Fagerbach is uh, Patrick on Spongebob. Oh, I hear that now, too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that was, this was his first VO gig. The um, smallest side, a tiny little rave that's a big rave for me. I just love how they got their names. Like, they just yes. named themselves after oh, New York. Yeah. Yep. It was tiny, but it was perfect. I loved it. Beautiful. We really should move to Rance. We though. should move to Rance, and I don't have many Rance at all. I don't either. I don't either. But my 5% has to come from something. It does. I have one. One rant. big rant. All right. Please start us Shall off. I... All right. Uh, for me, yeah. Avalon went on a little too long, okay. that whole story arc. Um, I missed the interplay of Goliath, Elisa, Bronx with the rest of the clan, mm-hmm. Hudson, Brooklyn, Broadway, Lexington. Uh, and I feel like I wish there had been more episodes of all of them together. Mm-hmm. Uh, if knowing that season two was the last, I feel a little sad that so much of it was the Avalon story arc. I show. definitely agree with you. When I rewatched it, I was I was surprised at how long Avalon was going on. Like yes. I didn't remember it going on that long. I remember the show losing me a bit during that when I was a kid. Um. And again, because I was like missing the other characters, the other characters that I loved, even though the characters I was with were like my favorites, but I was missing the yeah. the Xanatos and I was missing the rest of the clan. And um, it felt dangerously episodic, too, where it's like, okay, mm. here's an episode and everything only takes place in this episode. Strongery. Um, I'll piggyback onto this as one of my rants. Uh, leaving the clan in season two. Mm-hmm. 
I felt that was a big misstep and really took me out of the show because it was an ensemble. Yeah. Um, we, we got to know the whole clan and then we just left them. And I read somewhere they were planning on doing a spinoff show that would have followed Brooklyn mm -hmm. through the, with the Phoenix Gate through time. Um, and I wonder if they were trying to set that up, that we wouldn't see Elisa and Goliath and it would focus more on the, the Rookery brothers traveling time and having their own adventures. Well, in a perfect world where Gargoyles continued, right. what I would have liked instead of the Avalon arc was uh, fighting for more of a place in this world and acceptance from the humans, blah, 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 blah. And then getting the opportunity to like send the brothers off trying to find new gargoyles, investigating myths oh, that, that might yeah, be, be great. Uh, gargoyles left over. Because Avalon kind of like, brought together a lot of oh, yeah. world cultures, which was fun. Like when I rewatched these episodes, I was like, oh, okay, we're getting a little Japan, getting like a little Native American. Gargoyles meets Monster Squad. Yeah, yeah a little bit. Yeah. There was a better way to do it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. So I agree. Rantness. I appreciate, like, you know, so much we've touched on all the cool cultural things yeah. from traveling the world. And, and you know, we would meet characters throughout. Mm -hmm. But again, like you said, that ensemble of the original clan, I missed them so much. And I missed New York. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I guess. And... It you know, part of it is the reason why I think we're so devoted to Goliath and Alyssa because they really got pumped up. Their characters really got pumped up during right. that time. And Angela, too, because that's we had Angela with us. But yeah, th everyone else started lacking. Like, okay, we're, we're just going to end Brooklyn's growth and right. end Lexington's growth and Broadway's. I think we went back to them maybe once or twice through that whole Avalon Yeah, a little bit arc. here and there. Not enough. Not enough at all. There was like a random episode where um, Brooklyn takes Demona down into. No, that never mind. That's after. That's after Avalon. There's an episode where the King Arthur episode. He shows yes. up in, in. That was a King Arthur episode. Manhattan. But I mean, we still we got episode. we got our clan. But then. Uh, is Talon it, um, and the mutates. Talon, yeah. thank That's you. Talon. Mutates. That was the episode. And we got what? There was, oh, there was the episode. Oh no, it was the King Arthur one where Griff. Arthur. Yes, uh, also shows up as well. Oh, Griff. Can I just say, though, guys, sure. one of my favorite episodes uh, was, I think, Future Tense. Yes, oh, yes. Yes, I was going to bring that one up, but I forgot. Ah! So I'm glad you did. Yeah. Oh, spoilers. Where we see uh, a different timeline. Yeah. And it's so great. Yeah. Well, it's the timeline if Goliath and Elisa never came back. Yes. Right. What would have yes. happened? And it is dark. Like, I, I rewatched it. A week ago and i was still like right Ooh. it changed the way i mean big spoilers here it changed the way i perceived lexington for the rest of the show yes yes <laughs> i was totally. like oh man it he did is, there's some darkness there and oh, um and um brooklyn and demona oh yeah, yeah. Oof, wow poor broadway Bro oh broadway oh. goes blind oh Oh, guys, I can't, I can't talk about this Xanatos anymore. Xanatos kills his son. I mean, it was... No, Xanatos didn't... Stuff. Lexington killed. Well, yes, but I mean, I thought Xanatos... It was Lex the whole yes, time. Yes, yes, Lex, yes, yes. Hudson yes, yes. killed Xanatos. But in the moment... Oh, yeah, and Hudson was dead. They killed everyone, each other. Oh, by the way, everyone, everyone dies. Everyone dies. <laughs> Downer. Literally everyone but Goliath. 
Well, fortunately, but it's, not real. But it's all a dream. Fortunately, it's, not, it's just it's all Puck, Puck did it. Mus- yeah. messing with him for the Phoenix Gate. Yeah. Oh, so good. But that episode, but and that's something. Yeah, the show did really well was like exploring these what ifs. Yes. And you always felt like this danger from within was there. Yes. Always. Yes, absolutely. The gargoyles themselves were not um, creatures immune to corruption and evil. Right. And not just Demona. I mean, we saw mm-hmm. in Future Tense mm-hmm. that Lexington could go that way. I mean, Brooklyn made a stupid mistake that uh, almost got Goliath killed by Demona. Broadway effing shot Maza. <laughs> and it, it was an accident. Shot Elisa and blew up Matt's apartment. Yeah, I mean, it was an oh, accident, yeah. but, you know, poor judgment. Poor judgment, yes. The only one immune from this is Bronx. <laughs> it's just a love bug. Bronx he just, is. Just wants to cuddle, watch a little TV. Sit at Hudson's feet while yep. he watches TV. Yep. Uh, Can we talk about how they got Ed Asner yeah. on the show as sure. Hudson? Amazing. We can, ra- we can rave for rave. a little while. Yeah, we can Ed always Asner. go back to raves. Um, yeah, like, wow. What a great character for Ed Asner. Because, I mean, the other thing that I think he's really known for in animation is Cosgrove on. Uh, Freakazoid mm-hmm. and mm. um, he plays I can't remember the character's name he's one of Darkseid's minions oh Granny he voiced Granny on oh yeah Super yeah, 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 yeah. series in Justice League <gasps> for Granny but just like what a great character for Ed Asner such yeah. depth and gravitas yeah and uh, he you know doesn't feature heavily but man when, when he's you, the patriarch yeah he's the positive His nurturing. presence is always there. Yes. Yeah. And like, what a great performance from him. Yeah. Yeah. I think I said it to you before we were recording that I grew up as Brooklyn was my favorite. And when I rewatched it, I went, oh, Hudson. Hudson. Hudson's my guy. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. What, would you like to share with the long time? Yeah. Yeah. He spends why? his days watching TV. With? With his dog. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Love that. No, but even just like, you know, he, he's lived this life like. This isn't his story anymore. Like now, this is Goliath's story, and this right. is this is his undertaking. But he's still there. He's still fulfilling the mentor uh, role, and he's but he, and he's still a badass warrior when it comes down to it. Right. Yeah. Strong agree. Yeah. yeah. Um, but this is rants. What are we doing? Whose rant are we up to? Why don't, uh, you, why don't you take a rant? Mine. Uh, I mean, this is little. I only gave it five percent rant. The production quality from time to time varies, mm. and that's that's not a big sin because when it when it does vary, it goes down to like what you would expect from a cartoon. But when all the other episodes are like so exceptional, and you're watching them straight in, in a three week period, right. it really becomes like, <laughs> oh, we didn't put that much effort into this, you know, this right. episode. Um, I can um, speak to some of that. Sure. So, at that time, a lot of these studios are now closed, I think. But Disney Animation had studios in different countries Mm -hmm. that were sending back the animation. Mm -hmm. So, if you look at the credits, the episodes that have the best production quality are usually from Disney Japan. Mm -hmm. That makes Um, sense. Yeah. And so, other studios, I think they had studios in Korea, Australia, uh, somewhere in Europe, France, I think. Depending it's all the on they visited, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and so um, 
And here's the Atlantis animation studio. Um, So depending on what studio worked on the episode, you would get varying um, trueness of the character designs. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's... Oh, it totally makes sense. And again, I rewatched them so crammed, packed, that that's why it became noticeable. And it's such a small little rant. But one thing I will always clearly remember, I mean, it blew me away. I almost fell out of my chair when I watched it. It's a it's a nothing scene where Goliath is walking down a corridor and um, the scene like the camera angle is on the lens of a security camera and it's watching the reflection of Goliath coming down the the corridor. And as he's talking, he taps the, the lens with his wing. So the only real Goliath you see is just the little tip of his wing come into frame and everything else is done in reflection. And I'm like, who does this? There's no reason for that. This is, this isn't a fight scene. He's just explaining something. And that's someone who really loved their job. Yes. That level of, of animation blew my mind, you know? And so that's just like when you have high moments like that, then the, the other episodes that are a little more typical, become a little more noticeable yeah and that's fair as well yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i think we're uh we're back to you zara i wish there were more <laughs> yeah i wish there was a... more more of the oh, series yeah. i Absolutely. wish there was more right of there the series you. i yeah. wish we got a proper season three yeah i mean quite frankly um, like disney what are what are you waiting for like and what were you thinking canceling it yeah Does I, anyone you know, know do we know why? there's there's a lot of uh, politics yeah. in I'm animation sure. and television. Yeah, yeah. And essentially at that time, the goal was to get an ep- any series to, I think, 52 episodes okay. at least gotcha. because that was the number you needed for syndication. And ah. so once you reach that point, who cares? Let's move on to the next property. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. So it wasn't really necessarily honoring uh, storytellers. And especially if you were telling a story with continuity, right? The networks kind of wanted stuff you could air all in different orders. Yeah, you didn't not something that you were committed to airing in order. So gargoyles see. being a pioneer for its time also suffered because it was something that wasn't quite ready. It was in a market that wasn't ready for it yet. Right, it didn't play nicely with what else was happening. It didn't fit them on television. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. That makes a lot of sense. But I don't know what they're waiting for now. I mean. Something. I mean, with with Disney's streaming service coming, with Netflix, with Hulu, with I mean, Disney Channel, Toon Disney. I mean, what are they waiting for? I just feel like this. Yeah. this there's such a hunger for this show still in this universe. I, with the uh, comics, with yeah. I, I mean, it just it makes no sense to me that Disney hasn't gone back to it. I feel like with the wave of old stuff coming back. Like the DuckTales reboot is doing so well. Yeah, yeah it is. It wouldn't surprise me if there were something with Gargoyles. Um, however, here's the thing. Stuff I loved as a kid, I'm not in a hurry to watch it as an adult because I don't want... For me, that experience is over. Mm-hmm. I have it. I don't need more of it in a new way okay. as a fan. It's about the next generation now and what they right. need. Right. It's true. So, I don't know. 
I pre- I can appreciate that. Sure, absolutely. Yeah, and I would I would agree uh, certainly with with like my fandom with Ghostbusters and certainly with some of the Star Wars things. I I understand that like the at, by continuing to tell the story, like um, the video game for Ghostbusters comes to mind. Do we do we somehow? Um, tarnish the shine of of the original and like some of the star wars movies that have come out you know do we are are we we... still talking about last jedi yes we are still (laughs) year that's a great point zara um is it my rant i only have one other one i have two they're and they're they're kind of petty um we all expect that from you i know um where does all the discarded skin go it started as a big question, but then I really started like thinking about it because mm-hmm. it was fine when they didn't address it. It was just a big question for me. Like, mm-hmm. where does all the discarded skin go? But yeah. then they have an episode where it's a plot device where yeah. Hudson escapes by using his skin. Mm-hmm. So they establish oh, yeah. that it does just fall to the ground. That's so now I'm he, saying uh, in that puck episode, well, it, in the Owen episode, the Owen where episode. Uh, well, wait a minute if we're establishing that it does just fall to the ground mm-hmm. where is all the skin going there would just be mountains of stone skin mm-hmm. all over the place yeah. like the clock tower would be full of it mm-hmm. every day at yeah. uh, sunset in new york like stone would just rain down <laughs> he says people. like pushing a broom yeah well, yeah, she, yeah, how she's, does, she's how does the it. city... There's a comically large pile in an alley. <laughs> Seriously. <Yeah. laughs> like, how does the city not send a municipal employee to the top of the police. Like guys, every day it's like just stone rains. We have thousands of lawsuits. Somebody go figure out what's happening to. This was a different New York. Like how? And it would not be nine 11. Yep. It is a pre. Yes. And that's my second, which is also kind of, kind of petty. I'll just get it out now. Um, In a pre, it's a pre nine 11 world granted, but all of the airships, and robots flying at low altitudes of New York. Yeah. I, I understand it's a pre 9 11 world, but it's <laughs> like I, my brain can't compute. Like, how, just like, how is New York not a demilitarized zone at this point with the number of airships that have crashed in the middle of the streets, um, planes, robots, motorcycles, and helicopters exploding? It's, it's like, whew, there were certainly a lot in the show where you, where you, s- saw the marketing on the walls where you're like oh that's a toy that's, that's a yeah. toy um especially in the first season they kept having gargoyle themed machines the gargoyle they had the, copter. the copter they had the motorcycle um but you know yeah the steel clan yeah steel clan. i mean you had to uh the steel clan was so cool uh you had you had to sell the right the show right, you know right. um moitzen that was a specifically that was a disney request mm-hmm. i i did a little bit of research where disney wanted like the show to evolve where all of the gargoyles would ride motorcycles how awful oh, would that have been? yeah yeah, yeah. It was i have a not real, read that that was a real request from disney that biker been. mice from mars exactly oh exactly i wonder gosh. if that's where the idea came from but that was fox that was fox box all right well Cash i have one last one all right i know none of us want to let's just talk about season three Uh-oh. for just a second okay just for a second it's it's not good it's not good. And to me, it reminds me of um, at the same time Fox was doing an X-Men cartoon, which I thought was much better than it actually was. I went back and rewatched them. But it feels like uh, as the show went on, they had the Anti-Mutant League on Gargoyles. And 
I'm sorry, uh, the Anti-Mutant League on X-Men, and they they had kind of like a Quarrymen-esque group. Yeah. Which I actually liked the Quarrymen, but then the, the, the way they it, it evolves with the outcry of like anti-gargoyle public opinion and like the DEA wearing it, weighing mm-hmm. in on it, mm-hmm. and it really felt like the show stopped leading and started borrowing from other things that were happening at the time. Yeah. Absolutely. That's because the original showrunner was no longer working on the show. Which makes no right. sense to me again. Right. I mean, um, I will I will say that in season three, they at least tried to wrap up some things and give some endings to, right. to characters. Like, um, what's his, Thalog yes. got an ending, uh, and, the, and the clone uh, clan. The clone right. clan. The great the clone character, Thalog. Yeah. And uh, who else got an ending? I mean, the Gargles themselves got a nice little send-off. They did. Margo. Margo. Margo, Mar- yeah. Yeah. Comes the DA. Was she the DA or the yeah. judge? Mm-hmm. The DA. Yeah, yeah, the DA. No longer voiced by Marina Sirtis. Yeah. That, that was, to me is the biggest travesty of all. Was Demona not three. in season three? No, she is. She's in the first. Demona's in season Demina's, three. Yeah, Demona's in season which three. I don't understand why they changed characters. Um, Character, uh, well, why they changed actors for Margot. She wasn't on. Yeah. Lot. You guys, I've seen season three so little yeah. that I've forgotten. I couldn't begin to tell you. That's okay. I watched it a week happens. ago and I can't tell you. Exactly I watched what two episodes of it. <laughs> I just remember it being more episodic. Like the it's arc very of episodic. The, the arc of the show was yep. gone by that point. The, um, the Which fits with what you like... were saying, uh, Zara, about they wanted something that you could air out of order. Yeah. Mm. That makes a lot of sense of why the it The ties to like the mythos was gone. Yeah. Um, it really was. Uh, the animation sucked. The animation was not good. Oh, that opening! Um, that oh, the opening was horrible. Oh, bad 3D computer animation. And again, I had not seen it ever until I watched it. Oh wow! For this, and I was so disappointed. They moved it when they originally aired it. They moved it to Saturday mornings on ABC, and right. I remember being oh no, baseball or tennis or I don't know some sport I was doing at the time. All right, we get it. Like, it. You're athletic. Yeah, um, I kept missing. it. I was like, I got it. Finish gargoyles the last season. Lady's and I saw, athletic like, and he knows Latin. So <laughs> ding 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 ding. Why uh clearly that's why my wife married me. Yeah. Um she's told me that multiple times. Yeah. It's it's point of it's the really the only two things she loves about me. Yep. Um <laughs> but I remember like missing one of those things to watch Goliath Chronicles. And then my mm-hmm. reaction was like, Oh, I'm good. I don't need to watch any more gar- gargoyles. Yeah. And they really changed the characters of the gargoyles as well. Like everyone was angrier. <laughs> like like all the gargoyles were just right. like so quick to anger. Which was so cool about them in one and two was that they they looked menacing, monsterish yeah. and menacing, but they they really weren't. They gentle were, giants. They were gentle, yeah. So yeah. but you know, like you said, it's not canon. We don't have to accept it. So right. it's not canon. Yep. Uh you can Watch the journey, the first episode, yeah, and or then read the uh, slave labor graphics comic series. And um, I don't know if we're talking supplemental materials yet, sure. but I'll mention it. Uh, Station Eight is a website where uh, Greg Wiseman has been answering questions oh. about gargoyles and talking about his vision of the expanded universe for years. Wow, very uh, cool! So it's a great archive. You can go and read. More about what he had planned. Oh, neat! Nice share. Thank yeah, we'll you. Have to do that. I will definitely do that. Um, just as an aside, with with uh, 
Thalog and the SLG comics. You, I believe, are the inspiration for Thalog's apprentice? Yeah, for Sherry. Yes. Yeah, this was a total surprise to me. Um, I picked up the comics as they were coming out. And uh, I met Greg, Greg Wiseman, at a Gargoyles convention, The Gathering, when I was 16. And, so, this um, is where we went wrong in life. We didn't yeah. go to the gathering of gargoyles. Oh, yeah. It was so cool. And um, I'll give you a little backstory on that. So at the gathering every year, uh, Greg would produce a radio play, which was usually a script from a show he had worked on, usually gargoyles, and cast, um, hold auditions and cast members of the convention, fans, in parts, alongside voice actor guests who played their parts. And wow. then we would put it on for the convention. And so when I was 16, I went to my first gathering and I was cast as Elisa Maza. And I think big the script role. we big, did a big wow. role. Yeah, wow. totally. I was geeking out. Yeah. She was my idol. Um, and I forget that year. You already had the wardrobe was, too. I know, right? <laughs> totally. Um, I forget it was either Hunter's Moon Part 3 that we read aloud or The Mirror. Oh, both. It was one of those two. Great, Great episodes. episodes. Yeah. And um, we did it. And at the end of the convention, I was just about to go to college. My dad had taken me to the gathering as a, a graduation present. Very cool. For high school. And uh, Greg said, you're, you know, you're really good. I think you could do this for a living be a voice actor. So go to college and then afterward, you know, consider coming out to LA. And so little me kind of filed that information away. Yeah. And several years later, I'm working on a show with Greg Wiseman, which is just, you know, blows my mind. Wow. Uh, That is so cool. Such a cool full circle from fan to professional. Absolutely. So would that be your first VO gig would be, voicing Elisa Maza in a Gatherings radio play? <laughs> My first non-professional gig. Sure, but that was, was would that be the first yeah. time that you did VO? I guess so. I guess, well, no, no. I was an industrial. Oh, okay. I was in an industrial film for my high school, for my uh, school district. Right. That was like a catalog <laughs> of classes for people coming into high school. <laughs> okay. I think I saw that. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Yeah. We've got that right here. We'll link to it. That's a future episode. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. But over the years, um, you know, from when I was 16 on, I kept in touch with Greg. He was such a great mentor and, um, you know, so open to his fans. And so over the years, you know, we had this awesome friendship. And so I was buying these Gargoyle comics in 2007, I think it was. And since I'd gone to a few gatherings in between. And so Greg emails me and he's like, hey, there's someone familiar in this issue. And I looked at the drawings of Sherry and I was like, wait a second, that's me. What? Wow. Very cool. What an honor, too. I know. I still don't even know how to process that. So you are officially a part of the universe that that set you on your path. That's pretty cool. Yeah. How many people can say that? Honestly. 
I, yeah, I it makes me like David Tennant. Tear up, yeah. thinking about it. That's it. I'm David Tennant and it's a great Sarah club to be a, a part Puzzle. of. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a club of two. It's amazing. Do you guys have uh, regular <laughs> meetings, you and and David Tennant? Oh yeah, he's great. Um. <laughs> it's such a it's such a uh, exclusive club. Uh, do, do we have any more? Clearly, we don't have any more rants because no, we're raving again. Almost all of our rants ended up being oh, raves. I have one rant. You have oh, one rant? Okay. Phew. I don't like jalapeno. Ah! <laughs> I, I forgot about jalapeno. Jalapeno. Oh, man. Uh, that annoyed me as, oh, that annoyed me so much. It was their calabunga. Oh. You know, it was, it was. It was clearly they were looking for a catch. Yep. And woo. Did, did they not, miss the mark? Did not work. <laughs> Thank you for bringing that up. I wish we almost got through the episode. I wish it had just been like a, an old Scottish phrase, you know, that they just used yeah. like all the time. And I don't know any Scottish phrases, so I can't do and, it. And and was that like their way of addressing cursing without being able to curse, or was maybe. it just maybe? Uh, I really feel like it was just like a. It was a trope. Like, oh, it was not good. I, it was not a good decision. I feel like it became an inside joke and then probably the writers maybe were like oh i can speak it in here yeah oh yeah it was always so subtle so subtle (laughs) (laughs) like oh wow yeah that's a big that's a big eating a jalapeno yes yeah pepper yes you know like you do yeah you know keith david made it work yeah yes (laughs) Well, I mean, Keith David makes anything work in his sultry baritone. Uh, he's such a nice man. Oh, that's wonderful to hear. Yeah. That's so, I'm I so hope, glad. Yeah. I always hope that. Because we're talking about Goliath, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. I know you don't know actors. I don't know actors. Actually, um, a couple years ago, my boyfriend was on a flight with Keith David. And uh, several years ago at one of these gatherings, I got to read with Keith David. Come on. Radio play, which was amazing. And he was so Paul nice Bulberg. and amazing. So, but flash forward a couple years ago, my boyfriend's on a plane with Keith David. As they're deplaning, um, Barry runs up to Keith and is like, with his phone out. And he's like, Keith, Keith, my girlfriend wants you to see this photo. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a photo of me and Keith reading. That's... And he looks at it and he's happy and laughs. Right. But um, it was just a funny... That could have gone very differently. It could have oh, gone yeah. very differently. Oh, that's very cool, though. <laughs> that is. Now, of course, Keith had to fly because gargoyles can't fly. They can only they glide. glide. Yes. Yeah. So <laughs> if you're going across country, you... you yeah, right. you want to yeah. have alternate... Tra- you yeah. can only glide. Just like so Broadway far. did yeah. when Broadway yeah, goes yeah, to yeah. Hollywood. Absolutely. <laughs> oh! <laughs> that was Goliath Chronicles, wasn't it? That yes, was Goliath Yes, it was. Yeah. Yes, it was. So, so not good. I don't want to use the word bad because... I love the show so much, but not as would, good. As it would it would fit. One and two. You could use that. Yeah. Ooh. Can we move to big questions. Do we have any big questions? Sure. I have. I have a big question that I'm proud of. Oh. I don't know if this maybe it's like maybe it's been uttered in the universe, but I had this as an original thought, but I don't know if it's original. I'm sure the gathering has discussed it. I, they probably have. Yeah. Can I ask it? I'm very proud of sure. it, and I would li- love for us to discuss. We have the correct person here. I, so I'm aware to answer. So. Uh, the way gargoyle children are reared is yeah. like the gargoyles mate. Yep. There's an egg. They mm-hmm. all go into the rookery or yep. wherever they keep the eggs. If you're not at Castle Wyvern as we are. And then they're hatched and the whole clan raises them. Correct. 
but they retain some likeness of yeah. of showing their progeny. Is you mean genetically? Yes, like Angela kind of looks like Goliath and Demona. Yeah, she's a good cross section yeah. of the two of them. Yeah. So mm-hmm. Hudson is yeah. the previous leader of the clan. Uh-huh. Looking at body types of the gargoyles, yeah. the core six mm-hmm. and the three yeah. Rookery brothers, yeah. is Hudson Broadway's father? Yes, I would say yes. absolutely. Strong yes. Yeah, is that? Uh, it's I think been confirmed. Really? Oh, really? Yeah. Look at you. That, all right. How did they never address <laughs> that in the show? Well, maybe eventually, you know, that was something. Is that, Zara, is that ever addressed? It's not addressed in the show. Um, but I remember reading, I think this might have been either at a gathering or on Station 8, the website I mentioned with Ask Greg, that by, Hudson is Broadway's biological father. But Broadway would not, or at least has not until this point, acknowledged or recognized him as anything special, particularly father, because he views all of that generation as the mothers and fathers. Because right. uh, right. they're of that, that rearing. Right, that's the way he was raised. Same uh, thing with Hudson, like he wouldn't see I, right, right. As his, his I think it is really cool, though, that those two characters bond over the, um, the issue of reading. Yes. 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 So that's kind of a cool tie-in. Yeah. It is. To tie them together. Very cool. All right. Oh, no. We I'm, don't I'm, normally get answers. We don't normally questions. get answers. This well, now the a... real question, uh-huh. who's Broadway's biological mom? That's somebody that's I want to meet. We don't see question. many we don't lady see... gargoyles. Oh, I was going to say the only other lady gargoyle that we've seen of the clan is... Um, uh, cold... Cold stones. Um, cold oh. fire? Cold, cold fire, cold yeah. fire. Just cold steel, cold fire, and cold stone. Right, she's cold fire. I forgot. Uh, another great nice. trio of characters. Oh yeah, yeah. <sighs> Michael Dorn, Cold yeah. Stone. Yeah, another Star Trek. Yeah. Yes. Just a, oh, what a great. But, I mean, we know there are more. There have to be. But, yeah, right? I mean, those are the only two sure that we've established 50, 50, in that. Or you know, as close as fifty fifty sure. is nature. You know. Do we have any idea who who Broadway's mother is? Is that ever addressed? I don't addressed? think so. Not okay. in the series, at least. All right. Well, I mean, I'm I'm happy. My question was answered, and I, I feel... Good observation, though. Thank you. Because I, I didn't pick up on it, but as soon as you said it, I was like, oh, yeah, has to be. Because like it's when you look at the um, three brothers, they're so different. different. Right. Yeah. I love Lexington. I was design. just going to say on the Gargoyles Wikipedia, it says that uh, Broadway's mother is unnamed female gargoyle. Oh, 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 her. Yeah. Remember her? Yeah. 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 She had a great, great. she had a great arc. Yeah. That episode where she came back and mm-hmm. went on her adventure. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. The, the Avalon <laughs> part. Avalon. <laughs> that was her name. That was her name. Everyone was oh, always. Oh, that was yeah. her name? That's yep. why they said it. Yep. Everyone Alapania. was always just shouting out her name. Oh my goodness. Oh. Uh okay. My question has been answered. I am I'm You only had one question? Uh, well, I have other questions, oh, okay. but I'll give someone else a turn. Sarah, you have any questions? I do. Okay. You do, because you seem to know Every, all of well, it. This is a a question that Greg Wiseman has never answered. Okay. And always refuses to answer. Oh, okay. So at the end of the gathering, two-parter episodes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, Titania whispers something into Fox's ear before oh, yeah. she leaves. Yeah, she does. Ooh. What does she say? I don't, wow, yeah. That is what does never... she tell her? Is never I addressed. need to know. 
which is so odd that for gargoyles. That is so odd. It's not addressed in any of the comics. Nope. Oh boy. Huh. Um, she is Broadway's mother. Jalapena. <laughs> <laughs> um, Jalapena. I imagine she is because at the end of the gathering, that is um, when they prevent. Yeah, Oberon. Oberon from, from taking, taking Alexander. The baby. Yep. Um, Whisper something to her daughter. I'm I'm imagining it has something to do with Renard. Her father. Her oh, father. About her okay. father. Interesting. Yeah. I always suspected it was something of comfort mm-hmm. because the expression on Fox's face. It's, it's like hard surprise, to read. right? I I took it as surprise. Yeah. Or softening a little bit. She doesn't oh, yeah, right. she doesn't go on edge. Like it doesn't it doesn't alert her to anything. It, right. And it's not like what? Yeah. Right. Yeah. But it's like Yeah, maybe some word of affe- affection or something about her yeah. power. Her power just, yeah. Something about her power. Yeah. Maybe. That how cool is it when Fox's power, her Latin power came out? Yeah. Oh yeah. Very, yeah. So, again, so much better than it had to be. Had to be. Absolutely. And it's like the mother raising a car off of her baby. Like, that's what, yeah. that's right. what triggers her. Yeah, exactly. Alexander's in danger. Zap, zap. I love the resolve of that. Here we are, raving again. Back to um, Puck. <laughs> I just, I love, yeah, back to Puck. Of uh, whenever he trains Alex. He can be Puck. He can be Puck. Yeah, but otherwise, otherwise he's always yeah. Owen. Owen. Yeah. And I love their, their little adventure episode. And that was a great way to end that, too, because... At that point, everyone knows Owen is Puck. Right. So how do you then justify ever seeing Owen again and believing it? Right, 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 right. And so there you go. A well-written yeah. reason. Puck needs a vacation, so he's just going to pop into Owen for a minute. <laughs> and what? Yeah, he came back. Oh, and he was doing all the body switching and the souls. Yes. Yep. And that's when yes. Broadway and, and For the Angela. spirit to be Angela. willing, the yeah. flesh yep. must first grow weak. Exactly. Yes. Yep. It's just a walk. Seriously, you are you're the you're the gargoyle wiki. Well, like I whenever mean, we type it in, it's it's going right to you, right? I wouldn't go that far, but just like you, like my mom, I'd have her tape episodes for me when I wasn't <laughs> going to be there to watch them, yeah. and so I just watched these VHS tapes constantly growing up. Um, Mom taped gargoyles for you, and Dad drove drove you to the gathering. Man, yeah, cool. Mom and Dad, yeah, that is that's a very gargoyle. I just want to put this out. Mom did not (laughs) tape episodes of gargoyles for me. No, definitely not. Very cool. That was a great question. I mean, I I do want to know. It's like a great mystery. Tatanya said, "Yeah, yeah," and we'll never know. Probably a mystery that you can just wonder about. Because we do have enough clues to know that it was it wasn't ominous. Right. It's not a warning. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, yeah. it was a promise. Yeah. Of, of, of something. something great. And they're not bound by time and space, Oberon and Titania, right? They experience, I guess. They, well, I, I guess, guess they as are, they're beings, it, Avalon, they say, works at a different time rate. It, time there goes much slowly, but it does pass because right. Tom grows up over the oh, years. Yes. Tom. Oh, Tom. Yeah. I can't believe we didn't talk about Tom. With that Goliath Tom armor. and the princess. Yeah. And the Magus. And the Magus. Ah! Oh, the Magus had such oh, a great... The Magus. Great story. Here we are. Also voiced by again. Jeff Bennett. 
Really? Way. Yeah. Man, what a Jeff Bennett actor. is a friggin' superstar. Tom, when Tom shows up in the the gargoyle armor, oh man! I remember that was like one of those things that I had. Yeah, when he shows back up in New York as the Guardian, that's one of those things that I always remembered about the show. Out of context, I just had that image of this like knight in gargoyle armor. So cool. Does anybody else have a big? Do you have a big question? I have two big questions, but they're not that big. All right, give us one. Why? You already gave an answer to this, but I don't accept it. Why did Goliath have a name, but no one else did in the claim? Because it wasn't their way. No, I know, humans, but why did, then why did Goliath get one? The humans named him after the biblical Goliath. They had to have so something weird. to address him as the leader, I guess? But, but it's I weird, because they didn't give Hudson a name. Exactly, they didn't give Hudson a name. Well, he was a forgettable yeah. leader. <gasps> How dare you? Oh, I'm just like, he what? well... Yeah, because everyone got frozen to stone for a thousand years on Hudson's watch. <laughs> <laughs> um, Hudson, so Hudson, <laughs> I, that did not come out well. Hudson is certainly not forgettable. Um, I will retract that before we get hate mail. But what I mean, but Hudson. I already feel people typing. Hudson was never power hungry. I think he was never. Uh, I'm sure. I, mean, I can, I can f- just some nobody from Jakku is vigorously <laughs> yeah. typing away on his uh, his laptop right now but um hudson did not seek power or politics or favor mm-hmm. he was like he's a gargoyles gargoyle um a real gargoyles gargoyle. and and clearly i think the relationship i wish they had explored it between the captain of the guard mm-hmm. he oh, and hudson yeah. had so many similarities so it was clear to me that he and hudson had grown up together mm-hmm. and he didn't he didn't need a name because um, the the humans, it was the next generation of humans. It was the the princess Catherine yeah, and the Magus the who were suspicious of the. But all of the older uh, people at Cath- Castle Wyvern respected and looked to the gargoyles as family and kin. They 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 didn't need names. Yeah. Like That's the captain really of the guard just saw him as another brother. Observation. Thank you. Okay. So I, he was. Hudson was yes their their leader, yes. but I don't think Hudson ever thought of himself as their leader. You know what? It's almost like Hudson and Demona. You talk about Hudson being a gargoyle's gargoyle. I feel like Demona was very much a gargoyle's gargoyle. Yes, yeah. it's like a very different. They totally it, totally yeah. different methodology, different yeah. instincts on how to accomplish that. But Goliath almost is this outlier. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. He um, he gravitates towards humans the way no other gargoyle does. Yes. Yep. And and I would argue the only Sexually. reason. The, uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah yes. That too. Very much so. Um, and I would argue the only reason the the brothers do is because uh, they've been raised by Goliath and they right. they're naturally curious of the human world of, of the human world yeah. exactly. Mm. But I feel like prior, you know, and and very much. Okay, so your answer is Goliath has has kind of had more. Back and forth interactions with humans more than any other gargoyle beforehand. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Okay. Yep. I I will accept it. I will accept it. Fire up the wiki. Also, like <laughs> tangent. <laughs> like this has been pointed out to me before. It blows my mind that the series essentially starts with a suicide. Yeah. When Goliath. Yep. asks the Magus to put the spell on him. Cast your spell one more time. Right. He's not expecting to ever, ever wake up. No. Yeah. No. Yep. Wow. Yep. 
I didn't think of he's it like, like I that. I failed you're, my clan. You're absolutely right. He's falling on his sword. Yep. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And in a way, I wonder if he resents Xanatos a little bit for bringing them back Maybe. to life. That, Maybe. Wow. Maybe especially right at the very beginning. Yeah. That is, it's that, deep stuff. That is deep. This, is a this show, show is so much better than it had to be. Yeah. yeah. Great point. And at the same time, aren't you? Don't you wish everything was at that oh, standard? Uh, yes, absolutely. Everything could be so oh yeah, yeah. Good. It proves the point that you can do this, and you can become beloved. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. So it makes you a little mad. I have, I have when kind of people a, don't do it. Yeah. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And and when, when they are. Uh, a great example of this is um, like Frozen. Frozen isn't a very deep movie. It's just huge and has like big stories and princesses. The Disney Frozen? Yeah, Disney Frozen. Okay. Yeah, like, I was not a fan of that movie either. Well, it's like a hodgepodge of three other movies. Uh, <laughs> here's, here's a big question. Okay. When we meet other gargoyles from around the world, mm-hmm. they speak the language or have the appropriate accent mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. the area. This is the other one I wrote down. Of our core group. Yeah. Who are from Scotland? Yep. The only gargoyle <laughs> that has the, a Scottish accent is down. Hudson. This is hilarious. Why do none of the other gargoyles we have are Scottish like a married accents? couple? We are. It's Goodness that gracious! Romantic weekend we spent up yes. in the mountains of New Hampshire yes. time by the fire. Yes, it wasn't enough for me to be a rant, but I was like, "Why does no one else have accents?" It, you're in. You're in the area of the world with the with the strongest accent while you still speak English. <laughs> And like, there's not even a little, little tinge except for Hudson. Yeah. And then you go to yeah. Japan and they and have you go to the, accents. The, you go to the South Amazon, America. South America. Yep. You, you know, they tra- they, even the English, the English, the English ones. All, yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. Griff. All, yes. Griff. Una and Leo. And, yes. They all have appropriate accents. accents. Mm-hmm. Why don't? It's a great big question. Well, you see, guys, as we understand the Scottish accent <laughs> in 994 AD, mm-hmm. It was very similar, actually, to American English. So, really, Hudson was weird. Yeah. He was the outlier. Hudson started the accent. (laughs) (laughs) It's just the way he spoke. He technically did have a name, but no one used it because they couldn't say it. And then they were like, you know what? Gargles just don't have names. The Magus also doesn't have an accent. That is interesting. I I don't know why they made that choice. Ed Asner just sounded so... Great and wise. He really did. With his Scottish accent. Yeah. He really did. You know, for all we know, they wanted Scottish accents, and then they were like, mm, not everybody could not. do them. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. They're hard. Can you imagine? Princess Catherine like, had a Scottish yes, accent. Yes, so did. did Tom. And so Tom. it existed. Not the Magus, though. Right. Not the Magus. Macbeth. Macbeth had one. Oh, Macbeth. But not uh, yeah. Gilcom Gain. No. And not um, no other all the, girls. The modern for, hunters. For had Scottish accents. Yes, they the did. modern hunters, yep, they did. Their dad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who fell to his death from Off Notre Dame. Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. You saw the chalk outline. I right? did, when yeah. It's did. still there. It's still there. Yep. <laughs> now, that's funny. That, that was, was my dark. exact question. <laughs> we're we're kind of dark. That was, But that was a dark scene. That was too. very dark. Yeah. Because it's in front of his children. Yes. Yeah. Not that Demona knew that. And we don't know exactly what happened up there, either. But the, the, the pretty fact sure that the she kids... threw him off the side of Notre Dame. Yeah, but I mean, these hunters all the time—they're like just—they're <laughs> falling off of know. things. And but his yeah. Da Vinci glider, yeah, was so decrepit it didn't open. It didn't. 
That's that's what really happened. <laughs> oh, 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 he still was holding on to it. Uh, yeah, it was just yeah. past its prime at that point. Yeah. Uh, well, because hunters don't fly, they can only glide. <laughs> on currents of wind. Which I love that they, they really stuck to that. They did. Yep. That would have been easy to walk away from. Sometimes it was a little easy to glide, start gliding. But those updrafts. They downtown, were always, it was, it was the steam always a, rising from the streets of New York. Yeah. Careful, hot air updrafts. Yeah. That's so good. Uh, any, other, any other big questions, guys? That's all of mine. I, uh, I never even considered the language stuff. I assume that Avalon magic kind of explains everything that we don't know. <laughs> Sure. I mean, that's that's plausible. Because Angela doesn't have an accent either, and she's raised specifically by, by Scots. Yeah. yeah, like only two, Scott and the Magnus. I guess. I guess. Okay. I always wondered why Broadway and Angela were um, gravitated toward each other romantically. Yeah. Oh, I can answer this. Okay. I can answer this. Yeah. Sure. Because okay. he appreciated her for who she was and not just the fact that she was the only other female gargoyle because like the minute brooklyn saw her like they all did the episode where they competed Mm -hmm. and and brooklyn at one point says i don't know if angela but he's like i'm second in command Mm -hmm. like that's his justification for why she should be with him Mm -hmm. but then there's like an episode later where um Broadway and Angela are reading poetry to each other and he's like reading her poetry like he actually appreciated her for who she was as a person something definitely stirred in them when they had the souls of, of the other Cold Stone oh, yeah. and Cold Fire right because right. they were romantic right and um totally. and they remember they, they said they could remember everything everything right and that that's definitely where we start started seeing them be romantically involved right and uh, i guess took it from there yeah you're absolutely right and that makes a lot of sense i forgot that i guess um good memory part of my as much as i love relationships in shows i felt maybe just a little okay so here's a new female character one yeah. of us must mate with her immediately her right we must yes. pair her off right and i think that didn't sit super well with me even you know at age 11 yeah. whatever um, and then I just always, I guess I, <laughs> I got the vibe that she and Gabriel, her, um, Rookery brother on Avalon, that they were going to have a thing. Yeah. But they're more siblings in their relationship. Than... But in gargoyle culture, who knows who is right. sibling? How do you, how do you know? Who's... You're all brothers. You're all brothers and sisters. Oh, oh. So Gabriel, if you remember what he looked like, yes. he's actually the biological son of Coldstone Cold Stone and Coldfire. Ah, yeah. I get that. He had like the same uh, kind of horns. Yeah. Yep. Crown of his head. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. They thought about this they way really, more than they, they had to. Yes. And here we are, 24 years later, appreciating it. And this is what they've been waiting for. This episode of Geek <laughs> <laughs> This was why oh, they no. used yep. the Phoenix Gate to go into the future. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Knowing that this would happen. Absolutely. Uh, any more big questions? I'm out of big questions. Oh, not so much a question, but maybe this is more of a got another rave the sure. weird sisters were yeah. so cool oh they were and i want to so know cool. more about them yeah like i want to know all about them their their origins in scottish lore 
And the show really allowed them to sit in this mysterious place for a long time yeah. before we yeah. learned anything about them. And that was so cool because yeah. we're, we were so used, I think, as kids to really like, here's a threat and here's why. And, yeah. and right. here's a motivation. And they were just allowed to be mysterious. And wacky. Wacky. And terrifying. Yeah. And te- yeah. It appears yeah. in different iterations, like three little girls. Yep. Three gargoyle yes. women. Yep. Like you never three quite. Old ladies. Three old ladies. They were always. Yeah. Mother maiden crone. Yeah. Such cool. They were really uh, cool. Stuff. Just the character development in the show in general. Strong agree. Yeah. Back, in, back to raves again. Back to raves always again. Always back to raves. Always. <laughs> Sign of a good show. Yeah, of course. Well, I mean, it's, hey, we're geeking out about it. Mm-hmm. It must be. Um, I have one last big question, right. if nobody else has one. Wrap it up for us. Is David Xanatos a villain? Is he actually a villain? I will say... He's certainly, he's certainly Machiavellian. And his quest for Im- immortality causes horrific events that, that he attempts at times to make amends for. Mm-hmm. But is he is he actually a villain in the show? I will say no. Okay. I will say he's an adversary for okay. most of the show. There's one episode, the episode where um, they go to Arizona and and it's uh, they're talking about the Native American coyote spirit. Yes. Where he's about to melt everyone with acid. Yes. <laughs> and he says something like. What do you think? It's my first, uh, you know, my first trip into real villainy. villainy. Yeah. And I agreed at that moment. I was right. like, yes, this, this is a villain moment more than anything else you've done. Right. So I would just say he's at odds with the gargoyles through most of the seasons, but he's not a true villain. That's, okay. my, that's my answer. I, to play devil's advocate, sure. I will say he is a villain okay. because he at the beginning of the series, and for most of it, operates from a very selfish, self-serving point of view. He will overstep legality. He'll overstep morality. Anything that serves his primary directive, he'll serve. And he's supposed to be a billionaire, a yeah. philanthropist. Um, think of all the good he could have done with his money if it were focused on others and not his sole pursuit of living forever. So I think in that regard, he is villainous. Okay. Okay. But he is a very interesting, multifaceted, genius villain. Yeah, he's not your generic mustache twirling, tight of the yeah. train tracks villain. No. He's he's the red dragon. He creates himself. Yeah, he does. Self made man. Yeah. yeah. Self made yeah. I love he that truly episode. is a self made man. Yeah, I forgot. He about goes that. back in time to Scotland. Yeah. yeah. That was a great episode. <laughs> and he's basically just like I'm back in time in Scotland. Yep. Like, there's no adjustment period. Yep. He didn't need an adjustment period because he remembered. The, he 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 had the letter. Yeah, he didn't remember it because he hadn't right. done it yet. But, but he, he had knew... the letter that everything was going to turn out well. Yes. Yeah. Oh, okay. Sorry. Sure. This leads me to a question. Okay. okay. Time loops. Yes. How does time work in the Gargoyles universe? Great because question. there's so many things that only happened... Because they happened. Yes. And their whole kind of um, rules of time 
like certain things are not changeable. It happened, but so it happened. Yeah. I, sometimes it gives me a headache if I think too deeply about it. Yeah, this is always why I get a little disappointed when time travel, active time travel gets into these shows because it opens up too many of these questions. Like, Goliath had the Phoenix Gate. Why not save his whole clan? Right. Right. You know? I can answer because that. Because he didn't. Because okay. then he never so meets he can't. Lisa. That's an awfully selfish reason, though. It is. It's a but lot of dead gargoyles. It is a lot of dead gargoyles. But you're, yes. Well, we've uh, already established Goliath loves humans more yeah. than gargoyles. But he, you're so. right. He didn't save them, so he can't. By, by the rules right. established by that. Yeah. Because even when, but then they go back in time mm-hmm. to World War II yeah, England during the Battle of the Blitz. Mm-hmm. And he could go back. He didn't remember oh, yeah. saving Griff. Griff right. Until he actually saved Griff the first time. Exactly. Yeah. He wasn't, but he was already th- that. It's timey-wimey it's stuff, timey man. Wimey. It is timey-wimey. Yeah. Because he it didn't remember going back in time right. and letting Griff die because he didn't want to change history. But he only saved Griff because he saw what happened if he didn't save him. Timey-wimey. Una this and Leo remembered him going I back drink. to the future in a flash <laughs> of light. Let's be thankful that when gargoyles are smashed in their stone form, oh. that's the end of it. And they don't revert to gargoyle pieces when the sun comes up. Oh, man. I thought, I that thought multiple about that times. I didn't want to bring it up. But that would be so messed up. Like Goliath gets back to the yeah. castle and it's nighttime and now yeah. they're not stone pieces. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. That I almost thought they were going that way. Because Demona kills people that way, too, in City of Stone. Yes. She yeah. just goes around murdering people. Right. Yep. Oh, yeah. Yeah, how do we not bring that up? Oh, I just did. <laughs> I knew it had to be. Kid show. <laughs> Make sure you get home from Disney school. afternoon. Put it on. Deliciously dark. Today after Tailspin. <laughs> <laughs> Only one season of Tailspin. Not There's really. another show Stick that right I remember fondly on going in. on forever. Oh my goodness. You remember the theme Swear song the of Tailspin? Began. Oh, that was oh, a great. Oh, yeah. Don't get me started. Yeah, that was a great. <laughs> There's so much to do. Um, Get ready just for you. Zero, I did not share this with you because we don't always do it, but Sketch has a pitch. A pitch, please. Yes, I do. a little segment that we sometimes do. But now I'm scared because I know Zero doesn't want one. <laughs> doesn't want to reboot. You have to share it with okay, us. Okay, this, this is my idea for how, how you could bring Gargoyles back to okay. a younger audience. Or I mean, not even necessarily younger. Us. New gener- oh, you can sure. bring it back yeah. to us. <laughs> and I say, um, basically like a Netflix relaunch, in the vein of Voltron. How like, Ooh. you know, we kind of, uh, I hope those are good. Those were pleasure. Okay. Oh, okay. Pleasure <laughs> you know, in, in the sense that we, we take this older property and we really just take like the motifs and the, and, and a general feeling of the show. And we just craft basically just this incredibly crafted original show based on this motif. Right. Sure. And I say in this gargoyle story, Instead of setting it in uh, modern day, because I think it's too problematic, set it during the 1850s. Oh. Right? Because that's kind of like the rebirth, not the right rebirth, the, the birth of, of uh, yeah, Civil War, and also this rise in spiritualism in uh, Europe oh, and yeah. in America, where like the, the lines between science and spiritual and supernatural mm-hmm. are naturally blurred in, sure. in our actual history anyway. And, um, you could do the show still in New York, but you could do it easily in London or Edinburgh. You could um, 
you could give it like a slight, just just a delicate, slight steampunky aspect, yeah. you know, just mm. to kind of bring in this tech and science mixing with magic. Oh, man, and I want to see those steel clan robots. Right? You could, st- yeah, absolutely. Oh, you know, yeah. like steampunky steel clan. Um, you could still have Xanatos because that's like a perfect like name for like a steampunky inventor. Absolutely. You know, philanthropist in one of these cities. Yeah. Maza can still be, you know, she can be like the typical Victorian woman, but she's like dabbling in, in detective work and she's like out there at night perfecting that craft. I think, I think gargoyles, this idea of gargoyles from the show just fits perfectly into that. Setting the modern day yeah. in the 1800s. Yeah. 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 Ah. Very cool. I'd watch Some that. Jack the Ripper-esque. Yeah, exactly. Prime yeah, that, that kind mm. of that kind of stuff. Oh, interesting. Around this same time in uh, England, there is, this is after Jack the Ripper, they have um, a, a different, like, terrorizer of the streets, like a, a monster called Springheel Jack. Yeah. That oh, actually yeah. kind of mm. looks like a gargoyle. And, like, you have a population that's, like, just primed and ready to like believe just this. believe yeah, yeah. And, and to have these yeah. quote-unquote monsters you know at night it just it fits really well and if it's in america you have the the bubblings of the civil war coming sure. out which could play into mm. parts i mean i think there's potential there that's a I'd fascinating show 100 percent, 10 out of 10 would watch thank you Ooh, all thank right thank you very much that's my pitch netflix uh we get on it all right that brings us to our final segment of the show Shades and Sketch Recommendations. Zara, you want to start us? Oh, thank, thank you. you. We, we uh, never we get wrote, live complimented. We wrote on it that. ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> we did. Lots and lots of uh, drafts yeah. before we landed on that one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Zara, do you have a recommendation uh, for our longtime listeners or anything that you'd like to plug or both? Ooh, a recommendation as in what I think you should watch or check out. Yes. yes, yeah. Does it have to be animated? It no. can literally be anything, anything you want. We've recommended buying cars. Um, <laughs> the entirety of the, of the DC going to therapy. EU. Yep. Yeah. I mean, this is anything. No boundaries. I um just started listening to a really fascinating podcast. Two episodes are out. It's called The Dream. This season it's examining multi-level management companies, MLMs, um, pyramid schemes, and kind of how these companies, um, while technically legal, kind of are inspired by these pyramid scheme methodology and they prey on vulnerable communities. It's really fascinating stuff. And this podcast seems to really delve deeply into the psychology of it, the origins of it. So I'm listening to that now and really digging it. Very cool. The I dream, also, you said? It's called The Dream? The Dream. All right. The Dream. Cool. I will check yeah. that out. I'm also really digging. I've been a longtime listener of the Generation Y podcast, spelled W-H-Y. Oh. They're, um, two guys will discuss a case. Often it's an unsolved case. It's a true crime podcast. Um, I really enjoy true crime and and that's a really good simple straightforward uh podcast about various cases in true crime so those are my recommendations well thank you yeah as far as stuff to plug 
Um, as you mentioned, I play Rizavi on Voltron Legendary Defender. And season seven is out streaming now on Netflix. Season eight is coming out later this year. Um, definitely right. give that a listen, a watch. So good. And um, Young Justice Outsiders is coming to the DC Universe streaming service early 2019. If you liked Gargoyles, you'll love Young Justice. Common thread being Greg Wiseman is one of the masterminds behind it. And again, he just does world building building. so well. Yeah, I see that connection now that you say that. Yeah. And so if you haven't seen Young Justice seasons one and two, absolutely watch them. They're streaming now on the DC Universe streaming service. And then uh, you'll be ready for season three when it comes out. Cannot wait. Yeah. yeah. Another streaming for service. both of those, Voltron and because you recently recommended Voltron and I was I really behind. And so I was like, all right, I got to get back into it. And then I just devoured all of it. See, was season four where you oh, really yeah. got into it with the magic? Probably. They introduced See, I like really heavy handed magic. It like all at once. Yeah. It it's a slow burn. There. It's such a slow burn. Yeah. And but then it just takes off. Very rarely does a show get better the longer it goes on. Yeah like specifically yeah. animated and this is a great example of without it. spoiling anything it's just at an amazing place right now yeah strong agree and it's really interesting yeah. the way they're um i don't zara i don't know if you watched the original voltron back in the day i didn't yeah i i got bits and pieces of it but a lot of the things they're doing now in season six and seven i can't wait to watch season eight is kind of touching on um, the way Voltron, original Voltron, unfolded. Because the original show was um, discarded animes from Japan. Mm-hmm. And they cut, like, five different shows together into what? a new show and then brought it to America and wrote an original story over the the animation from, like, these oh, five different wow. shows. Power Rangers yeah, has done, very, the same, very similar to Power done Rangers. the same way. Power Rangers, like, yeah. a mashup of five different of shows. Yeah. And in one of the iterations, their um, the resistance all have like their little ships and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like uh, Matt's brother is a member of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, they all combine at one point into like they were like nine different things that combined into. Oh, Voltron. Pidge's brother Matt. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's I said that, that incorrectly. Right. Pidge's brother Matt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so like his group. Yeah. Eventually, and they're it's they're you know we're expanding our our vehicular mechs mm-hmm. at this point. Not to give too much away. Oh yeah, don't give in mm-hmm. Voltron. Um, which mm-hmm. I really like that they're bringing in that legacy of later seasons of Voltron. Very cool. Original yeah. Voltron, I should say. That's very cool. Uh, Sketch, do you want to give your rec? Okay, I mean, keep in mind I just said no boundaries. Right. Right? <laughs> you can recommend anything you'd like. Okay. Oh, give boy. any kind of homework. You're going to rec a, an animation? No. I'm going to oh. recommend the country of Scotland. <laughs> I I, I was lucky one. enough to visit Scotland in uh, 2009. It was a lovely trip, and um, specifically, my my um, my recommendation boils down to visiting a specific castle. Okay, in Scotland ah. called I wrote it down, but I don't. Dunatar. Okay. Castle. Dunatar Castle. And um, just offended all of our Scottish listeners. Yep, I did, uh, uh, but I warned early did, on. Yeah. Um, th- if you look on the Gargoyles Wikipedia page, the uh, Castle Wyvern is based on ah. Tintagel Castle. However, have, have you, you been there? That. Never been there because that's in England. I've been to England. Oh. But 
Other people have argued that it's based on this castle in Scotland, Dunatar. Okay. They look very similar. And I think the I think the best evidence, other than the fact that they look very similar, is that Dunatar is actually in Scotland. Right. And the other one's in England. And it has gargoyles on it? It has tons of gargoyles. No, okay. they've been removed. They've they were removed years ago by a, a wealthy oh. philanthropist. Yeah, he took the land himself after. But uh, the point is, it's a beautiful location. Let's see what we did there. Thank you. And uh, it's, you know, it's a seaside right on the cliff over the North Sea. Beautiful place if you can ever go. So I recommend visiting Dunatar Castle. And guys, it's five euros that to get in. It's cheap. It's cheap. <laughs> it's a cheap recommendation from Sketch. And uh, like $3,000 to get a, there. You know, that's not a recommendation. <laughs> that's not, you know, I'm just recommending the castle. Five euros. Planes, trains, and automobiles. It's very cool. You Hotel go up this winding oh path. It's, 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 it's on this little jutting out piece of land that's only connected to the mainland with this like really narrow So it is strip. Castle Wyvern. It, yes, I'm that's what I'm saying. Like, it Google really, image search really of it. Like it. It's stunning. Yes, right? Maybe I'll wow. uh, I'll link a, a picture. On, Please do. On yeah. Maybe I'll link a picture to both and let our, our listeners decide listeners which decide is which. which think I think that's fair. So. For the um, Gargoyles 50 year anniversary podcast that we'll all record yeah we should record in this castle we should do it we there. Should, yeah yeah strong agree <laughs> absolutely strong agree. it's only five euros yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a cheap trip. <laughs> cheap trip um i'll follow that up with uh the entire country of france oh it's beautiful yeah. yeah it was wonderful get on that long time listeners if you guys uh, are good about it you can knock these both out in a week oh yeah yeah you know uh, you know spare no expense yeah. take a ferry and now you have a podcast glide to you to on you the do. trip over. Now, um, a silliness aside, I, I will recommend, um, this could be difficult if you, if you aren't on this platform, but I will recommend uh, the new Spider-Man PS4 game. Uh, um, I yes. am a big Spider-Man fan. I've always appreciated and enjoyed Spider-Man. I've always been let down in big ways in all of the movie adaptations that they've done. And that's not to say that those they're not fantastic movies in their own way, but I... I and I'm always left wanting for something in, in Peter Parker's Spider-Man, yeah. his wit, his wittiness, and, and just how much he loves being Spider-Man, no matter how mu- difficult it makes his life. And mm-hmm. this game captures that perfectly. And they did something really smart, not giving anything away. They set it five years into Peter being Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. So I said that incorrectly. So he's uh... been... He's been Spider-Man for five years. He's been Spider-Man for eight yeah. years. Oh. But they're, they're uh, five years past like all of the origin stories that they've done. Okay. So gotcha. all of the origin stories that we've gotten from Spider-Man take place in his first three years. Mm-hmm. So this yeah. is eight years after all of the origin stories and movies that we've seen. Oh, okay. And it tells a new story. Brand new story. Brand new story. It took some getting used to the spider suit, like the white spider mm-hmm. motif. Um, I played the game wearing the Stark suit, which looks fantastic. Uh, I went back and forth between that and this. You're talking about your Stark suit that you have, that you put on uh, yeah. to play the game. Exactly. Okay, Great. yeah. Um, yes. Cool. And also the the Spider-Man, the Tony Stark built Spider-Man suit from Spider-Man Homecoming. Okay. I think that looked the best, but I really also enjoyed playing as Scarlet Spider. I love that outfit. Uh, there are unlockable suits, so if you don't like the white spider motif that they give you in the game, you can wear the classic suit. You can wear Spider-Man 2999. You can wear the Scarlet Spider. You can wear um, his 
uh, home-built suit from the beginning of Civil War that that Tony Stark makes fun of. And you can also wear, like, the one another one I really enjoyed wearing was the noir suit from Spider-Man Noir when they did the whole Sounds like Sims suit. meets Spider-Man. It really is. It's a, it's, it's, you can customize it in, in many different ways. You can give the suit attributes. It, it's just so well done. It's uh, some elements of the development could have been a little better, but it's, it's a great successor to the Arkham series. I've heard that from multiple mm. people. It's uh, if you really liked the Arkham Batman Which games, I, I would highly recommend uh, Spider-Man PS4. It's a great story. Uh, very well done. I have done. a lot of friends who, voice actor friends who are involved in the game. So I'm so excited. People love it so much. Yeah, high praise to all of the actors that worked on it. They really brought their A game. I've heard great things and I'm planning to play it hopefully soon. Cool. I do have access. I got to start it up. All right. That's high praise coming from you, a self-proclaimed DC fanboy. Oh yeah, I'm a DC fanboy through and through. I loved playing this game. I can't wait for the next installment to come out. Spoilers, there will be another game. Great. But I won't give anything else away. (laughs) Out of respect. The only time I won't spoil something is if Sketch hasn't experienced, hasn't it, yet. experienced it yet. Thank you. The rest, of, the rest of you, sorry. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. And uh, uh, Zara, thank you so much for yeah, joining us. Yeah, thanks for joining us. Oh, thank Gargoyle you so expert. much for we having me. didn't have much me. of a choice, I guess, the Phoenix we, yeah, summoning kinda... uh, Yeah, I mean, here. bloom where you're planted. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Very cool. And we usually... Um, you know, we like to take souvenirs for the GoCo when we leave. Jade, do you have anything that you would like oh, to bring I am, with you? I am hands down taking uh, Mr. Xanatos's next suit. His gargoyle. His gargoyle themed not, suit. Not Coyote. No, no, no. no. Okay. That was oh, too problematic. I am, I'm taking his next suit. We didn't even get into that. No. Guys, there's too much. It's we too could much. do a whole podcast on gargoyles. We could do a whole episode just on Xanatos's life model decoys. Yeah. Yeah, we could, <laughs> actually. Sketch, what are you going to grab? Well, Shades, I'm happy to announce uh, that I have, I've carved out a little piece of the GoCo, and I am officially opening Sketches Menagerie. It's a foster home for abandoned geek critters. <laughs> and uh, our first, our first uh, adoptee will be Brox from Gargoyles. Going to give him a good home until he gets, a, until he gets a, a fresh start and a relaunch series or a rebooted series. Going to take good care of him, good home, and I'll, I'll get him more friends throughout the Geekverse, too. Bronx, this is not your room. Bronx can stay wherever he wants. Also, it's daylight, so you're talking to a statue. <laughs> well played. Uh, Zara, do you, do you have anything that you'd like to uh, take back with you through the Phoenix Gate? I do. I'm going to grab a shard of gargoyle skin it's... and use it to cut off Xanatos's ponytail. That's what I'm going to take back with me. <laughs> Be careful of that skin. It can yeah, turn so... your, uh, your body parts stone if you're, if you're not, not careful. careful. Uh-oh. And I I don't want to know what you're going to do with that ponytail. Uh, You know, it's a Saturday night. Okay. Anything can happen. (laughs) (laughs) Guys, thanks for listening. And once again, very special thank you to Zara Fossil for being our guest gargoyle expert on this week's episode. Really taught us something. Really taught us quite a bit. I thought I knew a lot about gargoyles. Turns out. Now I know a lot more. Um, So... Uh, if you are a fan of the show, uh, we would really appreciate it if you could leave us a rating and review on your platform of choice. It really does make a difference in boosting the profile of the show, whether it's iTunes, Google Play, CastBox, uh, Player FM. We're all over the place, and we would appreciate you leaving us a rating and review. Or 
Now you could reach out to us on Facebook. Just search Geeking Out with Shades and Sketch. See all of our episodes posted there and some goodies as well. You can email us at gowithshadesandsketch at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter at Shades and Sketch. That is correct. All right. Guys, thanks so much for listening, and we will see you next time. See you next time, guys. (laughs) 